Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily heading into the weekend. Coming off a big win for the Winnipeg Jets last night on the road. Great to have you all with us. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus, and a Pack Friday show today. We'll finish it up with our world-famous WST Marble Race. And before then, break down last night's game and look ahead to tomorrow afternoon against the LA Kings with Ken Weeb, who is in Los Angeles, Scotty Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. And we'll also head back down to California with our pal Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Certainly get the latest on the NFL offseason, but I know Hacksaw was paying attention to the Ducks and Jets last night, interested on his perspective on what he saw as well. So a packed show at a very important time of the year, and I'd imagine many of you in the WST chat right now, as I welcome everyone here, probably feeling a little bit better about the Jets' playoff chances after what happened last night, both in Anaheim and around the National Hockey League with the Calgary Flames losing in regulation at home to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, And, of course, the guaranteed three-point game between Seattle and Nashville going to a shootout, and Nashville maintaining... Um, their spot with three games in hand, five points back of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we'll get to all of that coming up and uh, bring Michael Remus in. I'm going to welcome everyone that's both in the chat. If you haven't already, if you're with us on YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button as we push towards 9,000 subscribers for Winnipeg Sports Talk. And make sure to hit that thumbs up as well. Helps us spread the channel. And um, of course, if you weren't aware, Winnipeg Sports Talk is also available on podcast each and every day. Shout out to the podcast listeners. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel when you get a chance. Uh, But definitely, if you're unable to join us live, you can always get the audio feed in and around 3.30 right after we finish up the program. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk at your favorite podcast uh, provider. Uh, Just before we get Remo in here, i got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Little Brown Jug, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and now we'll get to another why not question of the day for our friends at Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Let's get Remo in here and get this show on the road. Remo, happy Friday. What is going on? Yeah, I'm feeling good. We got a, got uh, the two points yesterday. So, I mean, yeah, great Friday. I'm sure we'll have a lot of people in here after a win, fired up. Um, starting to feel pretty good. And I saw some comments in our Instagram or our uh, YouTube posted like a graphic of the win. I was like, yeah, but it was against the Ducks. I'm not convinced. Well, I'll tell you, Huss, uh, the last two opponents since January 17 actually have better points percentage than the Jets since that time frame. So... We're punching up here. Got to got to be happy about the win. So I'm in hey, a good mood. It might not have been a must win, but it was a can't it lose. Ca- yes, it was. A can't and lose. they did not lose yesterday. <laughs> yes. Still love that Bernsteinism that he dropped on us yesterday. Um, but honestly, you know, first things first, they needed to get the two points, much like Tuesday night at home against the Arizona Coyotes. Check, mission accomplished. Um, and there was a lot of other good things that came out of the game. We'll hear from Rick Bonus in a minute, but I think Bones was very pleased with the way his team played for the full 60 minutes. There wasn't an egregious let up in the second period like there was against the Arizona Coyotes. And for the most part, 
Um, the Winnipeg Jets brought it for a full 60 minutes. I mean, they still are not clicking like we've seen at times earlier this year. But when that happens, what are the coaching staff? What has the coaching staff been saying? Shoot the puck, get pucks on net, and get into those dirty areas where you might grab a rebound and remote. That was exactly what happened on all of the Winnipeg Jets goals last night uh, with Mason Appleton getting on the board and Kyle Connor pulling that gorilla off his back and finally ending the longest goal-scoring drought of his professional career. Yeah, all the goals pretty much the same. I don't know if your Dostal uh, rookie card increased in value last night, but a couple goals... A couple shots on goal just squeaking by, ready for tap-ins. And, and you don't get those tap-ins without going in that hard. You saw Mason Appleton go in there. Then Kyle Connor uh, following up. He did have the breakaway. I, I don't think he realized or he said after he didn't think uh, Cam Fowler was going to catch him, which is probably why he stick-handled so many times. But And then who was the other one? Adam Lowry. He's got three goals in four games. Two of those goals, game winners. And he goes to the front of the net, uses his big body, puts a stick on the ice, and uh, showed it to Brendan Dillon, puts it on the right spot, and Lowry just has to tap it in. So they're all, actually all tappings. But, uh, I mean, that's what you want to see. Maybe you'd like to see a couple more goals, but, you know, for 60 minutes, it was pretty clear the Jets were the better team. They got over 80% on money pucks. Deserved to win O-meter, which was uh, pretty good. And that third line, Nemestikov, Lowry, Appleton, very strong, contributing two goals. And when your top guys aren't going, we've talked about the goal-storing droughts for Dubois, who did get an assist, uh, Connor until yesterday, uh, Wheeler and Shafley. You know, those those guys haven't been going. You need your third line to step up. And there's Adam Lowry, as we mentioned, the three goals in the last two. Or sorry, three goals in the last four, and they got three wins in those games that he's scoring. So they, they've needed this production from the third line for a while, and they look great. And actually, uh, even the fourth line had some chances. Morgan Barron... You know, we talk about his ice time, slight increase. He went to like eight minutes over the five he got on Tuesday, but still like to see him bumped up. That guy's got some legs as he can skate. Uh, you know what? I, you know, talking with the fellas I was watching the game with last night, um, and we'll get to the ice time because it was a little bit more evenly distributed. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even blame Rick Bonus if he just basically ran four lines right now without any... Um, you know, without any favoritism or, you know, kind of getting that top six out a little bit more because you're exactly right. I mean, the bottom six, especially that third line, won that game for the Winnipeg Jets last night. Um, Adam Lowry, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about leadership and guys stepping up. Josh Morrissey has done that all season long. You know, we think back to the St. Louis game, the Morrissey game, when the team had lost two in a row and what he did in that third period. And the way he's also stepped up publicly, talking about what his team is and really being a leader. And I think most would agree that if we were slapping the C on somebody's chest, it would be Josh Morrissey. I think Adam Lowry had a tough time doing that through a good portion of the second half of the season as he struggled to score and went through that incredible scoring drought, which was beyond 30 games. But right now, with the season on the line, Adam Lowry and his line has stepped up. And listen, I think it was a matter of time before a couple of them started going in. But when you think about what this coaching staff has preached over and over again um, about shooting the puck, about creating traffic, about making things difficult for opposition goalies, the blueprint for that right now is the Adam Lowry line. They're doing a very good job in the in their own end 
but they're also generating some some chaos and havoc in front of the net. And uh, that was a big reason why they were able to pop two goals last night. Nice to see Mason Appleton get rewarded. He's been working hard, and I think he's played some of his best hockey over the course of the last couple weeks. Um, he got one, and then there's Adam Lowry again. And you mentioned, Remo, that pass by Brendan Dillon was absolutely brilliant. And that's not something you normally associate with Dillon, um, but he identified the situation in front of the net. Adam Lowry with great position at the side and uh, put one right on the tape. That's been another thing that's been maybe a little too rare lately for the Winnipeg Jets, putting the puck exactly where they want them. And, uh, you know, scored the goal. That line was huge last night, and um, they're going to need more of that from the bottom six. And to your point, I thought the fourth line was pretty good as well. Uh, as far as the top six, I'll say this. Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, his presence was felt last night. He, uh, I thought he had a really strong game, ended up getting the jacket from one of his teammates afterwards after they uh, after they won. And Kyle Connor looked like almost a different player. And, you know, we saw the move in the last game, switching up Mark Scheifele and Pierre-Luc Dubois. We talked about it on the program, man. I thought this was long overdue to get Dubois or get uh, Connor back playing with Dubois. And obviously, Dubois had, had some injury issues, so that wasn't really available to Rick Bonus maybe in the last couple of weeks. But now that he's back, um, that was a huge, huge benefit to Kyle Connor. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Mark Scheifele today. I thought his play was really lacking again last night. Blake Wheeler had a really tough, uh, really tough time, and that line was not very effective at all. But um, the Dubois line, the Lowry line, really the key cogs in that win. Great performance from some of the blue liners as well. Neil Pionk, I thought, had a strong game. And Rick Bonus had he and Brendan Dillon out in the last minute. Um, so overall, a lot of positives. But the bottom line, they needed those two points. They got them. And when you combine what happened elsewhere in the National Hockey League, the Jets wake up getting ready for the Kings tomorrow in a pretty nice spot compared to where they potentially could have been if things didn't go their way in the last couple games. Oh, yeah. So, look, uh, you know, they played teams lesser than the stand than them in the standings before. Like, I'm thinking of losses in Montreal, you know, Columbus, Philadelphia. So, you go to Anaheim, you get the two points. It's going to be a hard game tomorrow afternoon in L.A., who's been extremely hot. And we'll talk with Ken shortly, who is at the practice facility there. But I think you it's kind of you maybe like to see a couple more goals, but like, hey, three, two, you got the two points. And you look at you know, you're doing some standings watching yesterday. Calgary lost to uh to Vegas. And of course, as you said, Nashville, Seattle going a three point game. And you're kinda chasing Seattle as well. You're one point behind them. Seattle's got two point two games in hand. Nashville's got three games in hand and they're five points behind. Although uh, the Jets do, and one thing we haven't really talked about, the Jets do have the tiebreaker in terms of regulation wins. So the regulation wins the Jets have been racking up are worth something. Um, so that is kind of like an extra bonus point. But uh, there's big, big, uh, big two points, and we'll move on to L.A. And then, what, Tuesday, San Jose, who's also in the bottom of the standing. So what, you got to play who's in front of you, and... And there you go. And uh, well, a hu hu huge opportunity for the Jets. I mean, if they can get some points out of LA tomorrow, um, and then you know they'll presumably have a day off, a day of practice before the game against San Jose, and then go into go into the Shark Tank uh, against a team that is you know basically just locked and loaded for ping pong balls in uh, in May. Um, you know, I think the Jets, as we've said, going into this trip, um, if they can take care of their own business. 
for sure against San Jose and potentially if they can get something else from L.A., I think they come back in a much more comfortable situation, especially considering the Calgary Flames lost last night. I'm not sure, Remo, and I will talk about this with Ken. I know it's been mentioned in the chat already. I wasn't too enthused with our pal Rennie putting an X beside the Jets yesterday on KNR after the game. There still is work to be done for this team. Um, but when you think about what happened, especially in Calgary, and I've said all along, that's the team that worried me the most, more than the Nashville Predators. Um, Calgary needed that one last night, fell two more points behind. They don't have the games in hand. And uh, listen, the Jets, for all of the issues they've had over the last little while, um, have done what they've had to do over the last couple games. Certainly, they're playing a much better team on Saturday afternoon tomorrow in Los Angeles. Um, but because they took care of their business, they're in a much better spot right now. And uh, I'm not with Rennie. I'm not putting the X beside the Winnipeg Jets just yet. But we could be talking about that in a week or so if the Jets continue to play. And um, tell you what, they're going to need to be much better. They're going to need to get more from their top players. That's something we've talked about plenty before. Uh, and we will both with uh, with Ken and Scott coming up. But um, if you're a Jets fan right now and you're freaking out about what had happened to the club over this last little while and where they were as they headed out on the road, I think you probably, even though it was a late game, probably had a bit better sleep last night after uh, what they were able to accomplish. Yeah, I can. you can breathe a bit easier. You look at the money puck playoff odds, but the Jets were down to like 60 a um, couple games ago. Well... Uh, since that, then they've gone back up 82.9% on the money puck playoff odds, Nashville, 10.5% Calgary, 10.3%. So the Jets with the wins against Arizona and Anaheim kind of creeping back into, all right, we're going to see some whiteout parties here. One thing you would have liked to see yesterday, Huss, you know, we had Kyle Connor score for the first time in 11 games. You know, you would have obviously liked to see, you know, some of the other guys, Dubois, Wheeler, and uh, Shifley, who have scoring droughts. So they had a nice graphic uh, during the broadcast showing that, but the power play, we've been talking about you haven't got a power play goal as the last six games now. And, uh, you know, against the Ducks, he thought it'd be a good opportunity. They didn't have too many chances, only two, and they still were not able to capitalize. So that is the storyline we'll be continuing to watch. And meanwhile, you gave up a power play goal. Uh, it was nice uh, what shot there from Vetrano. Hellbuck wasn't, you know, for all this talk about Hellbuck's workload, relatively quiet night for him. Uh, only 20 shots against, and he'd stopped 18 of them. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I assume he's going to start Saturday after that, right? He's, start, he's starting every game. He's like, <laughs> it's, as I said last week, Dave, we'll see you in April at some point when, there's an, when there legitimately is an X beside the Winnipeg Jets name. That's going to be when we see, see David Riddish. And listen... Hellebuck's going to go tomorrow. I I would be shocked. I mean, they haven't announced this, so I'm just sort of speaking off the top of my head. But, I mean, Rick Bonus basically teed this up. They've got plenty of rest come April. And even this week, you know, you've got this game tonight. Day off, practice day. He'll have two days off before the San Jose game. They'll travel another two days off before the game against the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. So I, I, I'm not worried at all about Connor Hellebuck and his workload uh, right now. Um, you know, if they are not able to get, if they're not able to, you know, clinch their spot before the end of the season, running him every single game, you know, might be problematic, especially in that last week where they play 
three games in four nights to end the regular season. But I think the Jets are on a path right now to, you know, have the opportunity to give Connor Hellebuck a few nights off. But until they are in and confirmed for the playoffs, I expect to see Connor Hellebuck every night. I would like to see Connor Hellebuck every night. I think his Rick Bonus's decision to play Hellebuck in the game against Arizona, I think in a lot of ways is the reason why we're having this conversation right now because I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure that they don't win that game the way that they played if Hellebuck wasn't in the net right now. He said every game is a playoff game right now. Treat it as such. If you're in the playoffs, you're playing your best players and you're giving your number one guy the run and uh, Hellebuck very capable of doing that. And, um, you know, another strong game last night. And even the goals that beat him, Reen, were sort of wild. I mean, that one play by Fowler, yes. you want to talk about a seeing eye shot through a lot of traffic. But um, I, just as Rick Bonus has been saying, that's what you need to do sometimes to score goals right now. Um, the Jets banged in the rebound. The Ducks used traffic. Um, hey, all, all in all, the Jets were the far better team last night. They deserved to win. Could have scored a few more goals. There's still lots of work to do for this hockey club. But the bottom line is, I think the squad feeling pretty good coming off that win last night and now getting ready for what is going to be a, a huge challenge with the LA Kings, who have been, as we mentioned yesterday, Remo with Dennis, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League over the last little while. Yeah, and I thought the Kings, um, you know, had a chance to beat the Oilers yesterday. They took them to seven, or last night yesterday, last year, took them to seven games. And they've really retooled. Uh, the Kevin Fiala move has been uh, been pretty awesome. Gabe Velarde having a breakout season, and Quinn and Byfield, he's playing on the top line there. You know, resurgent Drew Doughty season as well. So, and now they got some goaltending, and that was a problem for them all year. They were not getting saves from John Quick, and you know, Phoenix Copley got hot for a bit, but he's not a long term solution. So, Corpusallo, he's been he's been good for them, and. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this game tomorrow afternoon because remember the last time they played in L.A., Hellebuck, that was, uh, he had to stand on his head for that one, and they somehow pulled that win out from, you know, out from anywhere. So, and they had a wild fight with the overtime Copenhagen four goal game. game. Yeah. I saw people in chat uh, yesterday. Uh, Dennis mentioned the Copenhagen four goal game and uh, BA split in chats like, what four goal game? I don't, I don't remember that. So Jets fans <laughs> are already blocking that one out of the memory. Uh, right on. All right, listen, we're going to head down to uh, SoCal in just a minute and hook up with Ken Weeb. Uh, we will have some comments from Rick Bonus, Adam Lowry, Kyle Connor a little bit later on in the program. Um, but listen, let me uh, quickly shout out our friends over at Manitoba Battery. Gang, if you're in the need for a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on this winter, Manitoba Battery has the most convenient and well-priced options in the city on all sorts of batteries. Listen, you can put your order in around lunchtime or even the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk around 1 o'clock and have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. No more fighting with those psychos in the Costco parking lot for a parking space. No more waiting in line in Canadian Tire. And no more spending money on a battery at the big box stores. Let Manitoba Battery bring it to you while you uh, take care of other more important business. Uh, make the phone call 783-8787 or order online at manitobabattery.com. It is that simple. And, of course, you can always pop in and see Donnie and his great staff in person at 1026 Logan Avenue. Um 
listen, I'm still waiting for it to get above zero before we get too uh, fired up for spring. But April is just around the corner, folks. I mean, the end of the regular season is coming up soon. Um, in the meantime, the guys at Consolidated Supply are getting ready for golf season and the change of the seasons. They are the experts when it comes to irrigation and artificial turf throughout the golf industry, but they also can do it for you on your home and your property. If you have irrigation needs to take care of that lawn, if you're thinking about a need for artificial turf, maybe that dream putting green in the backyard, Consolidated Supply has you covered. And while you're thinking about additions to maybe that backyard or your property, check out their spas and hot tubs and amazing options for beautiful outdoor kitchens. Uh, they're also your first choice for engine uh, uh, engine parts and small engine repair. They've got it all at Consolidated Supply. Pop by, see Joe, see Spicy, and the gang. 1395 Niaqua Road East. And you can also find out everything that Consolidated Supply can do for you, your family, your business, online at cte.ca. Um, folks, don't forget, we're still welcoming in nominations for the Wallace & Wallace Community Unsung Hero, along with Josh Morrissey. What we want to hear from you, gang, is uh, tell us about that person in your life, in your community, that's spending extra hours, whether it be doing volunteer work, spending time helping those in the community through charity work, or maybe being that one person on the block or in the community that is the go-to person when others are need help or are in need. Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Tell us about that unsung hero in your life. We will award the March Unsung Hero with an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey. And in addition, Wallace & Wallace make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that um, nominated our unsung hero. Uh, again, unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com, and even better yet, Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that Dream Factory donation as well. And just before we hook up with Ken down in L.A., Weekend is here. Spring is just around the corner, folks. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market are there for you. Also carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. With spring just around the corner, get ready for it with Ultimate Male Energy, formulated specifically for men over 35. Ultimate Male Energy is designed to help improve testosterone production, reduce excess body fat, Build muscle tissue, maintain prostate health, and more. It's on sale today at Vita Health. And if you can't make it down to any of the seven Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online. Local delivery is now available. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. Um, Remo, what's the word on Kenny? Are we having a tough time getting a good connection with him right now? Yeah, it's not working. So I'm gonna, I'll just phone him real quick. Uh, okay, okay. So we'll get says, Ken. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll get Ken on the horn. Um, all right, we'll do this. I'll, I'll tell you what, Remo. Just while you do that, why don't we, uh, why don't we crank out um, number six, uh, Kyle Connor, um, on the win because we are going to talk about Kyle moving to the wing along with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And of course, he got that monkey off his back and not something that I think he wanted to spend a lot of time talking about. 
Um, but the bottom line for Kyle Connor and the rest of his teammates was getting back into the win column and starting off this road trip with a big two points in Anaheim. Here's what Kyle Connor had to say after the win last night at the Honda Center. It's a great win. It was a great overall effort, top to bottom. Um, we didn't really waver through, you know, start off. Great first, you know, a good second. They got a couple there, tied it up in the third. You know, we didn't waver. Um, we were confident in this group, and, you know, Laos gets a big one there, puts us up 3-2. So, yeah, it was a great win. You must be particularly proud of the resiliency. I mean, you showed it against Nashville. Maybe St. Louis and Arizona weren't as much as you wanted, but sticking to it the way that you wanted it has to be something you guys are talking about right now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's our group. That's, you know, we're a resilient type. No matter what we face, we have the confidence in here and in each other that we'll get out of it. It's going to make us stronger, um, you know, especially coming down to the playoffs. You know, you're not going to win every game. Um, so you got to deal with those situations uh, when they happen. Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's no quitting here from, from everybody. Ken now? Hey, Ken. All right. There is there is uh, Kyle Connor after the game uh, after the game last night. So we're pulling this on the fly a little bit. Um, Worldwide Weeb himself joining us now from uh, from L.A. Uh, we won't have the video, but I'm sure we'll get a great picture of Ken up on the screen. Weber, what's going on? How are things down in uh, SoCal? Andrew, uh, great to be with you. It is a beautiful facility here at the lovely Toyota Sports Center. Um, yeah, impressive. The Kings are buzzing around like a team that hasn't played since Tuesday and a team that has been uh, excellent after the break. And a team, oh, by the way, are, is battling for first overall in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Yeah, that uh, they have been hot. We've been talking about them all week long. We had Dennis Bernstein on from the fourth period yesterday with the latest on both the Ducks and the Kings. And uh, safe to say... The fellas are going to be moving up a couple weight classes tomorrow afternoon at Crypto.com <laughs> Arena after playing the Anaheim Ducks. That being said, um, you know, the Jets can't take anyone lightly. They certainly didn't last night. And for the most part, put together a pretty darn good 60-minute effort and was rewarded with a desperately needed two points. How did you see things last night at the Honda Center, Kenny? Yeah, I mean, we didn't see the laps that we saw in the game against the Arizona Coyotes. So for the Jets, that was an important step forward. Uh, I would say that you know, two of the three periods were pretty good to you know, really good on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, I would say all three periods were solid. But having said that, just based on the tension this team is feeling, uh, the game never seemed like it was in hand, even though they had control of it, if that makes any sense. So the shots and the chances were heavily tilted towards the Jets, yet there they were kind of tied for a long stretch of that game until Adam Lowry put them ahead for good, converting that play from Brendan Dillon. So I think it was an important step forward. That's just how I would describe it, but certainly if they want to be, you know, having those same sorts of results against teams like L.A., they're going to have to be able to sustain that and maybe and probably convert a few more of those chances, right? They're, they were generating more chances, but now they've got to get a little bit more in terms of the offensive production and the, and the finishing power, which we know they have. And, and that's why I think with Kyle Connor getting one of those greasy goals us was an important development, not only for himself, but for the team, because we know he's going to need to be one of the Jets' best players down the stretch run here. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that Connor goal because he had been snake bit um, 
Adam Lowry scoring, Mason Appleton scoring. Like if I'm Rick Bonus, so next time I get the players together, I'm basically saying, I told you so. This is how you need to score goals right now when you're struggling. I mean, every one of those goals, Ken, was scored within 12 inches of the goal line. Yep. Uh, a trio of blue plate specials, huh, sir? In this case, blue paint specials, I guess, would be uh, more apropos. But, yeah, the Jets got to the net, and they you know, a little bit less. Sean likes to call it the snake charmer offense. A little bit less of that and more of the kind of ham and egging and greasy kind of road warrior style of game that is required in the playoffs and will be required against the Kings team that is not only fast, but they're a really stiff team to play against. You didn't see quite as much of that in either one of the two games this week here from Arizona or Anaheim. It's a different, different, not only a different level of competition, but for the Jets' skilled players, now they're going to have to face Phil Deneau and Andre Kopitar, who we remember how <laughs> incredible uh, Deneau was in that playoff series and how great Kopitar was in his four-goal effort in the last meeting. So and the other thing, too, the, the defense is just completely night and day between... Anaheim and the Kings. This is a high-end defense core. They're fast. They're mobile. They're very strong when it comes to puck movement. And they've got some big, strong guys that can lean on you as well. Us, like Davosov has fit in very well. Just talking uh, with, as you mentioned, uh, Dennis Bernstein and uh, the Iceman, Eric Stevens, about how the newcomers have fit in. And Corpusello has been very steady between the pipes. And Davosov has really added another layer to what was already a very impressive defense core. Hey, you just mentioned Sean. Your partner, Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet. <laughs> I need to ask you I've about something from last night's KNR. He began the program okay. by placing an X beside the Winnipeg Jets name and announcing <laughs> that they were in the playoffs and it was over, and then finished the show by telling Jet fans to pump the brakes. Um, where, 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 where should Jet fans be right now after this game? I, for one, am not ready to put the X beside them, but I will give them that. That was a, a huge, huge night, both in uh, in Anaheim as well as in Calgary um, for results that made that playoff percentage look a heck of a lot better. Yeah, so I would not be marking the X in ink yet, so to borrow a phrase from, I think it was a Paul Mauriceism. So uh, the Jets are in a good spot. They're in the, the math will tell you that Nashville's in the best spot. And we keep saying that they have the toughest schedule, and that's accurate. But they also keep finding ways uh, to win, and they shoot a win over the Seattle Kraken was the latest example. So I'm not ready to uh, close the door on the Predators quite yet, especially with the head-to-head meeting on the horizon. Having said that, the Jets would have to fall flat on their face down the stretch here in the final nine games in order to lose control of that spot. So I would say be fairly confident but much like we often tell the Jets don't be overconfident because when you're overconfident that's when the bad things happen and other teams stick around and occasionally find their way back into the race when it appears the race could be over so I don't think the race is over at all the Jets are going to need to play that brand of hockey against a higher quality of opponent we know yes they have the San Jose Sharks and the Sharks only have two wins in their last 15 or whatever it is, but one of those wins is against the Jets, so uh, I wouldn't be taking anything lightly on the end of this California swing, and I would also say that it's important for them to crank things up even further. I, I think there were two important steps forward, but I think there's more 
Um, Weber, as far as last night's game goes, um, the the Adam Lowry line, and I, I really think this goes back to to Saturday. Adam Lowry, in particular, after going through that terrible drought, has stepped up with some big, big goals in games that they have needed those goals to win. I mean, the mm-hmm. tying goal against the uh, against the Predators, the winning goal against the Coyotes, and the winning goal again last night. Um, and he's bringing some players along with him. I think Mason Appleton's played some of his best hockey as of late. And the Metsnikov, although not getting an assist on the goal, I thought was very important in that final one happening. Um, what what have you thought about the way? Like we've been waiting and asking who's going to step up, who's going to show up for these games. Um, to me, Adam Lowry has been leading the way for the Winnipeg Jets. Lowry's been excellent, and that line as a whole, I think, has been really good. And and oddly enough, the other former member of that line, at least for the time being, I think Morgan Barron is playing some of his best hockey, and the Jets need to find a way to get him a few. Uh, bump up shifts, so whether that means going once every four or five times to break through their whatever way they want to do it. Uh, I would advise that being a way to find him a couple of extra shifts here. So I think Lowry's been fantastic. Us, we know that he went through that 35 game drought and it was a tough time for him offensively. Uh, but this is a guy now who has, I think, three goals in his last four games and has really been an impactful player outside of just the checking that he does and the penalty killing that he that he does as well. So uh, he's been awesome. Uh, it was an important goal for Mason Appleton. He needed that one. He hadn't really seen you know, it. It's only his third of the year. Um, and, yeah, the domestic office still feel is just playing really solid, even though his production has dipped a little bit since the start of the, you know, his tenure with the Jets here. So... Um, Weaver, we've talked a lot about Kyle Connor. Um, how big of a boost was it for Kyle Connor to get off of the line with Mark Shifley and play with Pierre Luc Dubois? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, not, not for the reason people think, because we know, obviously, that I think, without saying it, it was fairly obvious, at least to me, even though I wasn't in the room, Austin, I know you feel the same way, that one of the people Rick Bonus was talking about on the motivational side was Mark Scheifele. There's no other way to interpret those comments. Motivation is not a problem for Mark generally. I just think he needs to get himself going here. Yesterday was a was a, another one of those reminders to Mark. He had three minutes or so less than Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that, that tells you how the coach feels about who's playing the best at this time. In terms of Kyle being back with Dubois, it's twofold. Us. A, there's a comfort factor there. We know he has played a ton with Scheifele, but he's had the most of his success with Pierre-Luc Dubois in the last year and a half or two seasons here. So the thing that Dubois and Nino Nino do very well, they're really strong down low and they draw extra defenders to them, which helps create that additional space for Kyle Connor to get freed up for one of those looks from the slot. Now, there weren't as many of them yesterday necessarily, but like we said earlier, because he went to the hard areas, he was rewarded in that situation. So I think it was an important... Thing overall for the line. Now, the other side of that is that Nikolai Ehlers' ice time was a little bit down again as well, and we, you know, you know how I feel about that. I think the Jets are going to need Ehlers going down the stretch as well. Maybe Ehlers can help get Shifley going here as they continue to push down the stretch run. But for Kyle Connor, I think it was an important step forward. I thought he was dangerous all game long, and even on the breakaway, I loved his admission that he thought he had Fowler already beaten. 
And what a what a super smart play. The one-handed stick between the legs, you were just not expecting that to be anywhere close to you, especially for it to be on your hands right before you try to go to the backhand to go backhand shelf on my breakaway. Yeah, that was uh, that was some pretty clever defending. Uh, I, I kind of thought that that was a penalty in real time and then looked back and I'm like, yeah, it was probably borderline, but they did what they had to do. It was just well-protected, um, Husty. I think the ref was so confused by the... the the fact that he went normally guys go around the player and then stick it in the hands, but a, it was a one handed play and B because he kind of went from down under. I think the ref kind of was like, was that a, he kind of looked at me you're like, was that a penalty? I'm not really sure. And then by the time you decided it was too late to call it. Um, so you brought up Mark Shifley, uh, as far as, you know, with the comments of Rick bonus, um, I think we were all wondering about what sort of response we were going to get from the top players, but let's face it. I think the guy that we were most interested in and how they, how they were going to come back was 55. Um, you were there. What did you think of Mark Shifley last night? Uh, I didn't love his game. Huss. I thought there was, I didn't mind his effort. I just didn't see a lot happening for that line as a trio. I didn't find them to be dangerous. So when you're not dangerous, that's a problem for the Jets because he's a guy that can be dangerous at all times, essentially. So he needs to play better. There's no way way around it. Uh, Since the benching, he has not played to his standard to his level. So that needs to change for the Jets and for Mark. Uh, This is a guy who we know the scrutiny he was under at the end of last year even before the injury and obviously with his comments. And I don't like to go back to that, but I'm not saying Mark is checked out, but the Jets can't afford him to be anything less than his best if they want to get to where they want to get to. And right now, I don't think Mark is playing at his best. Uh, I think that it's unfortunate for him because as we talked about last week, I thought he was excellent in Florida. And since the benching, things have not gone smoothly for him. And he's going to have to find a way to elevate his game because we know what kind of impact Mark can have when he is playing at his best. And right now the Jets really need him to be there, especially, like I said, going up against either Dino or Kopitar tomorrow. If you're not going their best, you're not going to have success. So um, he needs, he needs more hustles by a long winded way of saying he's got to find uh, another level. And I think he has, we know he has another level to find him. Uh, I'm hoping you might be able to get Scotty in here. It looks like the Kings are departing the ice here. So I, might, I might be able to take one more, but i, I got to get moving fairly soon. Uh, all right, well, My listen, we'll, we'll, we'll hit this with one more with you, Ken. And, uh, I mean, uh, we know Connor Hellebuck is uh, riding it. Um, uh, we expect him to go tomorrow, I imagine. Uh, um, just basically thoughts on this challenge heading up to uh, – Heading up to Crypto.com to take on the Kings. Um, I'm sure Hellebuck will be in. Do you expect any changes right now considering what happened last night? Or uh, will Rick Bonus roll it out and and basically monitor the team for who's actually going and distribute the ice time accordingly? Yeah, that's the one thing I would look at on is on the back end. Obviously, Kyle uh, Kapabianko did not have a shift after his penalty roughly four minutes into the third. They went down to five defensemen for the third and... You know, I asked him about the decision between Sandberg versus Capabianco, and he mentioned the puck moving ability and the offense. And but the fact that he didn't play in the third period in the tight games tells you he still doesn't have the full trust. And Capabianco has done an awesome job in the role he's been asked to play, Huss. But I, I think the Jets are going to be looking to get Dylan Sandberg in that size back into the lineup to play against a team like the Kings. Uh, Hellebuck will be riding 
know, that's the other part. He wasn't super busy yesterday. Yes, there were some chances, but he was not overworked. He loves afternoon games. We know what he did the first trip in October at Crypto Arena where he was absolutely out of his mind. So uh, Hellebuck for sure Saturday. And you know, there's obviously a chance he could play against the Sharks uh, as well on, on uh, Tuesday based on depending on how things go tomorrow. But uh, Hellebuck seems to be enjoying the workload. He hasn't been taxed in the, you know, the majority of the last couple of starts here. So to me, I think he's going to be between the pipes until further notice. I still think they're going to find a, a spot for Riddick to get at least, I think, two starts out of the nine. Might only be one, but I definitely expect to see him at least one more time and probably two unless, again, the Jets fall into hard times here in the next week or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they got two two days in between these next two games. Um, I I can't see Dave getting in anytime soon until maybe there actually is an X beside the Winnipeg Jets. uh, Uh, Enjoyed the show last night. We'll look forward to another episode tomorrow from L.A. after the Jets and the Kings go at it. 3 p.m. Winnipeg time can Enjoy the rest of the trip and King's practice, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week, buddy. Yeah, sorry to go short. I'll go overtime the next one, Huss. But have a great weekend, man. Thanks for having me. You got it. No problem. There it is. The uh, one and only Ken Weeb at Weeb's World on Twitter, and you can check out his reporting on the Winnipeg Jets at sportsnet.ca. Scott Bill is going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, I will put this out to the chat right now. I know a few people have been. I'm interested in why not question of the day. What did you think of Mark Scheifele's response in yesterday's game after what we heard from Rick Bonus before the team head out? Let us know in the chat. And if you're listening on the podcast, hit us up on Twitter at Sports Talk WPG. Um, hey, big uh, shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. Um, Royal, you know, I actually popped into a few stores doing a couple things yesterday and I always go back to Royal for the incredible selection they have for Jets fans and fans pretty much of, uh, of any team around the selection of the licensed merchandise at Royal is simply unmatched. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, including a ton of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. A ton of great bomber gear as we get ready for the snow to melt and get back to IG Field. And with the playoffs right around the corner, even for those of you that may have another dog in the race, uh, you're fully covered with the best selection of NHL merchandise. Not to mention NFL, Major League Baseball, Blue Jays just about to get going for another campaign, Raptors, and uh, NBA, and of course, soccer kits from around the world. Um, spring break is coming up. You got your snowboard, boots, bindings all taken care of. If you have any last-minute needs, Royal is the, spa- is the place for you. And don't forget some late-season savings and great deals right now in their massive hockey department, all at Royal Sports. And when you pop down there to 750 Pemina Highway, don't forget to check out that big Yeti section and all the other cool things on the King's Skate, Snow, and Surf side. And by the way, hit them up on Instagram as well or give them a follow and check their story on a daily basis for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway with WST since day one. Um, I know Remo went down and just picked up some more duds from our friends at F Apparel. Guys, if uh, you need to up your menswear heading into spring and summer, 
only one place to go, and that is down to Andrew and his great staff at 190 Smith Street at F Apparel for all of your needs. You know, we got the suits done. It was a completely quick and painless operation. Uh, grab a few measurements, figure out your style, which uh, color you want, the fabric, and a few weeks later, you got a beautiful custom suit made to fit and uh, at a great price as well. Custom suits at F Apparel beginning at just $400 uh, and far more custom uh, options as well. Dress shirts to be worn tucked and untucked, not to mention uh, golf pants, chinos, and the best selection of men's accessories. If you do have a wedding coming up this summer, talk to them about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel and a special deal for 2023 grads. If you've got a young man that is finishing up his high school journey, get him a new suit for the next stage of his life and F Apparel will throw in a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks. Find out more in person at 190 Smith Street downtown or check them out online and make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And, uh, man, it was a little bit of a late one last night, but it was a Thursday night. Great night to get out with the gang at Boston Pizza to watch the Jets on the big screen with big sound. And even better when the team finishes up with a big win. Uh, but you're always a winner when the beer is cold and those ice-cold schooners. You're chomping on world-famous Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, as well as the great new offerings on the BP feature menu. And hey, if you can't make it out to BP, order online at bostonpizza.com anytime for citywide delivery. All right, let's get uh, Remo back in here. We're going to hear from Rick Bonus coming up. But uh, Remo, let me ask you this. I kind of put it out for our why not question of the day, but uh, what did you think of Mark Scheifele last night and the response? I think there was a lot of eyeballs on him. And um, um, uh, what... What did you think about uh, the way he uh, responded to the challenge from Rick Bonus um, heading out on the road? Yeah, just going by you know what we've what I'm seeing from the chat, it seems that the consensus was there wasn't really the response that you'd like to see. Um, we know he's in the middle of this scoring drought, and they're going to need Mark Schaefer to be better and start putting the puck uh, back in the net if they want to win games. So I don't. And I, I agree. I think he's got another level, and we're just not seeing from hi, seeing it from him right now. So as far as the response, I think Kyle Connor. I think he looked like he was skating. Um, he, you know, working hard. He saw the effort uh, getting to the net on that goal, on the breakaway. But I don't think we've seen the same here from Mark Shafley. I'm not sure what it is, Hus. But um, I like to think the goals are going to come for him soon. But it wasn't wasn't one of his best games. And you know, shout out to the third line who. We're able to pot in two goals and um, help the Jets, you know, beat the Ducks 3-2. I'll be honest, the goals aren't going to come if he doesn't step up his level of engagement. And I mean, and Kevin Sawyer, I know Kevin Sawyer has gotten a lot of heat over the years for maybe being uh, a little too rosy. Um, I mean, Kevin Sawyer pointed it out on the uh, on the broadcast last night of Shifley sort of doing a flyby. I mean, not engaging that player behind the net. Just those little things. I mean, when guys are going and when they're invested in what's happening, like so many of the other players on the Winnipeg Jets were last night, you just don't see that right now. And um, obviously, Blake Wheeler's struggling. I mean, he ended up on a an unfortunate uh, gif of uh, just sort of... <laughs> but I mean, that was everywhere last night. And I mean, it is somewhat low-lying fruit. He's struggling right now. But he's at a very different stage in his career. And... Uh, 
Um, they just simply need more from Mark, and I'm not sure what more Rick Bonus can do. I kind of, it kind of felt like, and I don't know whether you felt the same way. It kind of felt like what Bones had to say before the team went out was really a final challenge to, and not naming anyone in particular. But let's face it, it was starting with his number one center. Um, you know, Mark Shifley and, um, you know, maybe just maybe that win and what the other guys have done around him will sort of rise him up. Um, but even if this team makes the playoffs, that is the thing why I think we speak about it so much. I mean, it's hard to imagine this team doing anything if, um, if they don't get 55 going right now and, um, he's got a lot more to give right now. And uh, I think it's safe to say that everyone invested in the Winnipeg Jets is hoping that we'll see that starting tomorrow afternoon and on the rest of the stretch. Because if this team does make the playoffs and it looks like they've got a very good chance of doing that, um, it'll be short if they're not getting top performance from a guy that is so important to this club and continues to get a lot of ice time. Although, as Ken mentioned, it was uh, it was muted a little bit last night. It was pretty clear who Rick Bonus thought their number one line was, and it was the line with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. And Adam Lowry's uh, certainly felt a lot better about his line going out there as well. Yeah, and you look at the ice time, uh, Dubois and Connor leading the Jets, each just over 20 minutes, Connor 20-01, PLD 20 Oh, four. And you, know, you look at money puck and expected goals, the bottom two forwards on the list and even near the bottom of the roster are Shifley and Wheeler who are getting about 17 minutes each. And you look at the top, uh, it's Dubois and Connor and then Nemestikov. And it seems like Nemestikov, you know, he's playing with the Ehlers on that line. Now he's on the third line and all of a sudden they're scoring goals. Um, what, what a pickup he's been. And I, I be honest, I, I was kind of had a muted reaction when he was acquired, but, and now we're all saying, Hey, give Give him an extension, keep him around, and uh, made you know just a really nice sequence there leading up to the game-winning goal. Some great pressure from the Lowry uh, Appleton Domestikov line. Good cycling involving the defense, Brendan Dillon, and you know leading to the goal. So um, look, those guys were re- rewarded with ice time, and you know we'll have to see what happens next game. You know which line is getting the number one ice time, which line isn't. But yeah, I agree, pretty clear who was number one last night. It was Dubois, Connor. And Nita Ryan will have to see what happens to this Wheeler Shafley Ehlers line. I don't know. We we saw also Ehlers Nemestikov work pretty well. I wonder if they go together. Like we, there's that gif going around or the video of I guess Ehlers dumping it, like gaining the zone and then giving a quick draw pass to Wheeler who wasn't ready for it. And I think part of that is sometimes the challenge playing with Ehlers. Maybe he does stuff that you don't think you're gonna do, but at the same time, if you're in the offensive zone, probably should be ready for a pass at all times with your with your stick on the ice. And that was just an unfortunate uh, incident there for Wheeler who wasn't able to handle the pass. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, Scott Billick's going to come up in just a couple minutes. Remo, before, though, we do bring Scott in, I, because I, there's a couple things I want to talk with Scott from what Bones had to say after the game. Uh, let's get to Rick Bonus, and we'll just start with number one. Uh, Bones's uh, comments after getting a uh, very important two points and um, his comments on the way his team played for that full 60 minutes. I thought that was one of our most complete games in a while. That was a good, really good 60 minutes. Um, Again, we're putting a lot of pucks on the net, so we're creating a lot of offense. We're spending good time in their zone. We're keeping the chances and the shots against way down, which certainly helps our goalie. 
right? So it wasn't that tough a night for him. But again, it was a good, it was a good solid 60-minute effort from everybody. All four lines were contributing. Great to see that third line chip in a couple of huge goals, and good for Adam and the defense were a good move in the puck. So we're very happy with the way we played. All right, so there's Bones with uh, his thoughts on uh, his team's last uh, his team's play last night. Um, he mentioned that third line, Adam Lowry scoring for the third time in four games, all in wins, another game winner, um, and Mason Appleton getting on the scoreboard. But Vladimir Nemetsnikov, despite almost having a Patrick Stefan moment at the end of the game, putting it off the post with an open net to ice it, um, had a very key role in the winning goal despite not ending up on the score sheet. Here's what Bones had to say about Nemetsnikov's play leading up to the winner. Listen, Vladdy's a good, you know, a very high hockey IQ, and he's got a good feel for the game. Uh, and he, yeah, he does all the little things well. So you're good you notice those things because that's what he does well. Um, and he's been a real good addition to the team. Uh, he helps that line give us more offense because he has an offensive mind. He sees plays and he makes plays, and like you just talked about. So, yeah, he, he's been a good addition. He's a good fit on that line. All right, so there's uh, Rick Bonus on Nemetsnikov. And one more before we bring Scott in. Remo, let's get to number four. Um, talked about who was going to step up this week with the season on the line. Adam Lowry has absolutely been that guy, um, along with Mason Appleton, Nemetsnikov. Morgan Barron has been really doing his part as well in limited ice time. Uh, but Bones talked about Adam Lowry's contribution to the win in his play of late. He went a long time without a goal, and now he's jumping in. But he's listen. He's he's a big reason of where we are. Uh, even when he wasn't scoring a huge part of the penalty kill, he's done a great job all year against the top opposition's top line. So he was doing a lot of great things to help us win. That we noticed that maybe other people don't notice because it's not on a stats sheet. But uh, so it's nice to see him contribute with a couple of huge goals. All right, there's Rick Bonus last night on uh, his team's play, and in particular, the third line rising up and uh, being real difference makers last night. Let's welcome in Scotty Billick from the Winnipeg Sun to break it down and not look ahead to tomorrow afternoon in L.A. Scott, what's going on? How are you? It's going. It's going. It's nice out today. I can hear myself, Remo. Yeah, Remo, you got that uh, double feedback yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weaver, Weaver, taking care of everything, you know, changing it all up. But uh, although it was great <laughs> to have Scott, we should be good now. Uh, what did you think of yeah. the game last night? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they played a full sixty minutes. I think for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I hate to be, you know, this guy is just like, you know, you're looking at that game and you're thinking that. I, I. I it, it, it was against the Anaheim Ducks, right? And and, and it, again, I think it was a lot like Arizona. It wasn't really that convincing of a win. Um, but at the same time, I, I think they handled going down one zip fine. I think they handled the game being tied up uh, in the third period fine. And and they went out and find a winner. I mean, they went down, I think it was, what, 45 seconds until they tied the game up. Um, you know, that's a good response. Like, you know... I think what you're looking for right now from this team is not seeing it crumble like it was during its losing streak and, and that, you know, maybe 20 games where you'd get scored on first and and then, you know, that would take all the wind out of this team's sails. Um, I, I think you liked the response last night 
to the adversity within the game. And I think that's the part that this team really needs to build on kind of going down the stretch here is getting back to being confident that they can overcome, uh, you know, an early goal against because it's become a trend in the last dozen games or so. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, again, I, I think that's what I took out of that game, right? Like, I, I don't think, I don't think that game beats the Los Angeles Kings by any means. Um, but I also think that the game helps them um, go into Los Angeles and maybe have the confidence that, you know, well, obviously if they go down four, nothing, that's not great, but you know, obviously, yeah, I just think that they can build off of that. And I, again, I think it's such a weird thing to say 73 games into the season, that the Jets are still having to build off of things, um, you know, build confidence, need to regain confidence, stuff like that. I mean, look at all the other teams. I mean, the Jets granted have won two games now on the trot here, but um, I, 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 yeah, I'm just not, I'm not, I won't be convinced in, until maybe the end of the season and depending how they close out the regular season. I think that's sort of where I'm no at right is, now. No, no one is planning a parade after the game right. last night, but yeah. first things first, you needed to win the hockey game, which they, did. they did, but far bigger, I think, uh, going into last night's game was how this team would respond top to bottom from what Rick Bonus had to say. Listen, credit to you for some great questions. Just even before we get into that, take us back. Uh, what was it like in the room? That was one of the most fascinating coach availabilities I can remember, certainly in the Bonus era. And in a lot of ways, to me, Scott, with 10 games left in the season, it sort of felt like this was the final card that Rick Bonus had to play to try to get his most important players going. And I thought some of them had a great response last night, um, but it certainly wasn't across the board. But take us back to that. I mean, yeah. what were you thinking? What I mean, you finished up the final thing you said. Fair enough. When uh, he goes, that's what we're dealing yeah, with yeah. here. Um, that, that, was, that was a wild, wild back and forth with you and the coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad the camera wasn't on me because I think uh, my jaw dropped a little bit when he said what he said, right? Like, I mean, I, it, it was, you know, so like I, I didn't plan on actually that going that way, right? I mean, I don't really, well, I didn't plan for him to have the response he did, of course. But he said something earlier in the last question he answered from Sean, from Sean Reynolds um, about commitment. And, and, and I was like, okay, well. You know, let's maybe explore that that avenue, and and then and then he kind of said what he said, but it, it took a bit to get out of him, um, right? Because he asked me, I, it was my Brian Pallister moment from back. And he started the pandemic. off by doing the old coach's thing. We're going, I need to, I yeah. need to do a better well, job of motivating and, the guys, and it did beg the question: Why this team is playing for their lives right now? Yeah. How the hell is that the worry right now for the coaching staff? And I think I think that's what that's the part that really tipped me off. I'm like, you know. This team has been together for such a long time, right? A lot of this core has been together for years and years now. Um, and the fact that you have one more, let's say this could be the last kick at the can as this core. I, I think I think we know that's the case. Um, you're, you're, you didn't get to the playoffs last year. You had a good start this year, but it slid. Um, and, and now you're, you're fighting for your playoff lives and, 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 and there's still a question from Rick bonus after all that's happened this year, after all that happened last year, that's all that happened since, you know, 2018, 19 season that this team is, 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 is motivation is question. Like that's, 
that's a stunning admission um, at this time of year. It's it's a stunning admission. It, it's 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 shocking. It's jaw dropping. I mean, whatever superlative you want to use, it, it, that's what it is. It's it, to me, I was like, like we're we're here where we were twelve months ago. You know, like it, it's and 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 arguably it's worse right now because. You, you know, I can understand like that, you know, when you, you miss the playoffs and, you know, the motivation at the end of the season, when you're a team that doesn't really necessarily have to worry about jobs and stuff like that, like they did last year, right? Like, I mean, most of those guys were all coming back and, and you know, it, I, obviously that changed with what Mark said at the end of the year and, you know, it threw a thing in the loop, but it, it, ultimately all those guys um, came back. Uh, this year, it's, it, it's like, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, I still struggle to to process that. I mean, I, I was on with uh, the Kelly Moore and the the crew on on CJOB pregame yesterday. I was listening to Trevor Kidd talk about, it, and I think he was more incensed than anybody that I've heard of on this because it's just like, like how how is this possible right now that you need to motivate a superstar in this league, Mark Shifley, um, to want to play in the playoffs, to want to to want to make the playoffs, to want to play on the biggest stage in hockey, right? Like to play for the, for, for the, the biggest award in hockey. What, um, what every kid, Shifley, a hockey nerd. self, you know, we, we've talked about this so many times that Shifley's this big hockey nerd. And, and why, like, I, I don't, again, I don't understand. Like, I, I know who Rick Bonus was talking about. It was clearly Mark Shifley. That wasn't in the crosshairs. Um, he hasn't been good since he got benched. He hasn't responded the way that he wants to. And and I think Rick Bonus has come to a point where like this might have been the last the last club in the bag that he could have. What else out, can right? he do at this right. point other than bench him? And, and I mean, and he's I too important to the club. Right. Well, that and I think that benching him, as they've seen now, has a negative impact on the team. Right. Like, and I, I think so. I think that's the big crux here with Mark Shifley is that. I don't understand it. I talked to him in Banff earlier this year. He he seemed completely different. Maybe I was naive, but he but he seemed completely changed. Right, like the love for the game was back. That's what he told me. Um, and you know, it was it was it, it, Mark had a different. Um, it was just a different Mark Shifley. He seemed renewed, refreshed. He had a good summer, all of that. And and I think early on in the season, you're like, yeah, I mean, this is Mark Shifley. He's back checking. He's playing defense. He's whatever. But it, but as soon as the adversity hit us, like then we saw the true colors again, and I'm like and I think that that's the the biggest issue with this team, with this organization, is that your number one center, your your the face of this franchise for since it came back in 2011 when you drafted him in the first round with the first pick uh, coming back, he's not he hasn't turned out. In, I mean, he wears an A, but I would suggest there, there's a half dozen, maybe more players on this team that, that could replace him with that. I'll take the over he, on that, to be oh, perfectly yeah, exactly. honest. Right? But, but like, I mean, I, I, I don't think that he doesn't – I'll ask you this. When's the last time you saw Mark Shifley show leadership? And and I go back to after that Carolina game where he brushed it off and, and, and let Nito Niederreiter, who had been in the, in the, with the team for five minutes, to come out and explain it. And, and if I'm Kyle Connor, and I know Kyle Connor took some flack for this, but if I'm Kyle Connor, I'm looking at Mark and I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're, you wear the A here. You're, you're essentially the de facto captain right now without the C because of, 
you know, just your longevity here with the team and all that stuff. Um, I just don't think he's shown the leadership. I, I don't think he's shown the leadership on the ice. I don't think he's shown it off the ice. And, 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 and yeah, he's got 38 goals this year. Um, but when, when he got benched, where, where's it been since then? Well, you know, and, like, and, and, and this I, gets back to yesterday, because, or I right? guess two days ago, because that was, and again, we talked about it extensively and we played the clips a few times. I mean, that was an outright challenge and he didn't name anyone yeah. in particular, but we all knew where, yeah. I mean, there might've been a few other guys that he was including in that group, but where it was starting. And I mean, going into last night's game, there was a couple things I was looking for. I mean, how, you know, how would this team play? Would they be able to continue their pace for the full 60 minutes? Would they do the things the coaches have been saying, get to the dirty areas, try and get some chaos in front of the net when things aren't going well? Three lines did that last night. And from my perspective, um, as happy as I was that the team was able to win, um, we saw a great, great game from the third line. I thought Kyle Connor looked completely freed last night playing along with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. it was like almost emancipated from, from you know, playing, playing with Scheif. And listen, Kevin Sawyer brought it up on the, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions on the broadcast last night of, you know, of Mark kind of, you know, avoiding contact and, and doing the sort of things that you might see in a preseason game. Not right now with the team on the line. And listen, it's easy just to crap on a guy and say, well, you know what, play somebody else. But Rick Bonus knows, and I think anyone that pays attention to the Jets knows, that this team has almost no chance of going up against anybody in the Western Conference in the playoffs if they don't have a close-to top version of Mark Shifley. I mean, oh, yeah. he We've can that. be that good. We've yeah. seen it before in the playoffs. Yeah. We've seen it. But yeah. right now, this is a shadow of that guy, and... I mean, it, it's got to be so concerning for the coaching staff. And I think that was so concerning that we heard what we heard from Rick Bonus going out on the road. And the one thing that I, I couldn't help but feel after the game, as good as it was that they got a win and so many guys contributed to it, is that if that is what we're going to see from Mark Shifley, either things are going to need to change, they're just going to need to play other players, mm-hmm. or, um, or this team could make the playoffs, but it'll be quick and uh and over over soon because um and this is i mean the power plays a little bit part of it but we're just talking about five on five five five. engagement last night and um i don't know about you but i i I did not like the response or lack thereof from mark considering what we'd seen on the ice what we heard off the ice and uh and again this is a guy that is you know, one of those three leaders. Josh Morrissey has stepped up big time in adverse 100%. situations. Adam yeah. Lowry's doing it right now. The time was last night, and the time is these next nine games for Mark to kind of show up and and be that guy that can be relied on, that has been relied on for so long. And it is an absolute mystery as to how this team is where they are right now with the guy that was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the real leader. Yeah, I mean, everything you said, right? I mean... I think you saw it last night, though, how Rick Bonus felt about Mark Scheifele's game. He played three less minutes than, than Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it, this is it, again, that's another thing. Like, I mean, I, I almost see this as like Mark Scheifele almost you know, protesting or pouting uh, about Dubois playing more or whatever than stepping up and, and, and taking those minutes back. Because I don't think that they'd be d- that difficult for, for Mark Scheifele to, 
to 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 take back the, the minutes and play more. But I mean, I, honestly, I think he p- brings down the guys that are with him, and I don't think it, it's in terms of play, but but almost almost mentally, right? Like, I mean, you, you see what Kyle Connor can do with and and and, and the. Um, the, the chemistry that he has with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it's not like that Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor didn't have chemistry in the past. I mean, we've seen Connor Scheifele Wheeler for, for years and years and years here, right? I mean, uh, and they've put up a lot of points together and all that stuff. But, like, I think when Mark and, and to maybe a lesser extent, Blake aren't aren't really uh, into it, um, it doesn't matter who you put with them. Like, you know, like, I, I think Nikolai Ehlers almost gets wasted there. But, but I, you know, then I think about, well, should they put Morgan Barron with them and, and move Blake Wheeler down? Well, is that going to change the complexion line, or does that line just kind of whittle, wilt, and, 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 and does Morgan Barron's play get affected? Like, I don't know. You have to put a couple of guys with Mark right now, and, you know, maybe if you put Blake there, um, I, I don't know. Listen, if Ehlers is going to be the guy that's on, uh, on that line, yeah. I think there's a great argument to be made to get Morgan Barron on there. Because here's the thing. Ehlers is the one that's getting the zone entries. Ehlers yeah. is the one that has been shooting the puck right now. And, you know, yeah. like we saw with the other and, lines, when a player like Ehlers is on and he's shooting the puck, I mean, you're getting rebounds. There are chances. And Scheiff's not and around mean, the net. Yeah. Wheeler's having a real tough Barron. time right now. Yeah. A- absolutely. I mean, yeah. stick that big... Uh, um, stick who's that not big afraid bot. to go into the boards. Who's not afraid to... To, to go to the net. Who's Dude, not you don't think do he's seen what Mason Appleton has been doing sort of in a spot that he has been before and the yeah. success that that third line is having right now? I mean, and, and he's again, been that guy. I mean, he, yeah. had, he had the jacket. We talked about this. How a guy that played five minutes in a hockey game got the yeah. jacket of all the forwards, I think, spoke to a lot of things about the game against Arizona. Um, but if those two continue to struggle, I don't know that Rick Bonus has any any other option but to either change that lineup a little bit or to simply move them down the pecking order and throw Adam Lowry's out more and hell yeah. give Stenny in the fourth line a little bit more run as well, which we did see last night from the game before, but I think there's even more room to go. Although I will say this about bones. He was seeing the same thing that we were looking at last night. Yeah. However, I think there was an opportunity knowing who they were playing and the way the jets were sort of controlling that game. To, I'm sure that he and the coaching staff was just hoping that there could be a little bit of glimpse of life from him and maybe something good could happen or go in and maybe that would snap him out of it. And I yeah. think that's why they ended up playing a little bit more than the Lowry line. But when you talk about the effectiveness on the ice last night in all situations in both ends, I mean, it was night and day. And I tell you what, if that was a playoff game, if that was like, you know, if we're talking about, you know, in the middle of a series, I'll tell you what I would do, and it would be running many of those other lines other than the guys that you have relied on for so long to be a huge part of anything offensively. Yeah, and I I think the biggest problem that Rick Bonus has right now is what happens if you move Blake Wheeler down or what happens if you play Mark Shifley a lot less than even, you know, whatever. Like, I think think that's the juggling act here, right? I mean – Blake Wheeler doesn't want to play on the fourth line. Um, does he deserve to? I, I think so right now, right? Like, I just don't think he's been effective enough at all to do it. Uh, uh, you've seen him already been taken off the first power play unit because he's not being effective there. 
Um, yeah, I mean, nobody's really being effective on the power play right now, but I mean, you got to start throwing everything at the wall there to try and get that going. But I, I think you need to reward some of these players that are really stepping up right now. And I don't think you need to move Adam Lowry anywhere. I think that line's great. Um, they found chemistry with Nemestikov there and, 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 and Mason Appleton's playing better um, now as well. Um, I think there's, you know, there's something there in, in terms of both offense and um, the ability to be a checking line against the best, you know, lines in the league. I think that, that's, that's what they want to see going into the playoffs. But, I mean, you can move around pieces in that fourth line, right? And I think the easy one is maybe moving Blake down. Like, just take a look at it. Like, I don't even care. It doesn't matter what, how Blake reacts or Mark reacts or whatever. I mean, again, you got to figure it out. You got to figure out if Morgan Barron can maybe play that role where it, it complements the, the rest of that line, the playmaking ability of Mark Shifley, the shooting ability of Shifley and Ehlers, and then obviously the, the grinding ability that you have on the second line with guys like uh, with Dubois and Nita Wright are both on that line, which makes, and Rick Bonus talked about this yesterday before the game, about creating some space and time for Kyle Connor to get, work on a shot. And, I think there's just so much of the same thing on that top line right now where it's, and I'm not saying Nikolai Ayers is at fault here because um, he's the one that'll actually go into those t- dark areas of the ice and, 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 and do the stuff if he needs to, but he shouldn't have to. It should look the same way as maybe the second line where you're trying to get Nikolai Ayers that puck on his stick so he can take that wicked wrist shot um, and, 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 and shoot because, you know, he seems to be the one, that wants to shoot. I think the perfect example last night was Blake Wheeler has the puck on his stick in, in, in front of the net in the slot and he tries to pass it off. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like they need, again, they just need more out of those two. And I think that was that, yeah, okay, I, that play. It's, it's, I mean, it's I know a, a lot dropping of play. a lot of talk was about the play that the pass from Ehlers that got into his yeah, game. He did whatever. the sort of spin around. I mean, that just looked that bad. happens. Yeah. But you're, you just nailed it. I mean, that play earlier on in the game. And Wheeler had that one in the slot. I think it was Kabilis, who is in chat right now, <laughs> tweeted out a picture of this. <laughs> tweeted a picture of that and go, yes, this is a play where this player did not shoot the puck. And, you know, and the guys on the broadcast did a good job of, you they know, did? really questioning the decision. Yeah. I mean, you're putting that back into traffic, trying to get through. I'm sure Rennie was... Uh, Rennie was going crazy yelling snake charmer somewhere at that point. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, I think that's a real lack of confidence. And listen, I, I want to say one thing about Blake because I thought that he had, I thought the way he handled everything in training camp was, um, yeah, there it is. It was a great no, one. Yeah, I, I agree was, with you. I, agree, I think I the way think he handled was, everything yeah. in the first part of the season was exemplary. Um, and I think that he, you know, played hard and, Listen, since he um, had his injury, making the ultimate sacrifice, um, yeah. he he hasn't not been the same player. And whether it has something to do with after effects of that or whether it's just a player on the back nine of his career and the law of diminishing returns at the end of a long, long mm-hmm. season, he's, listen, he's struggling right now. Yeah. But I'll never question Blake Wheeler's effort or anything like that. Like I never think he's engaged and I think yeah. he's really frustrated. And to be honest, if it's not going there and that's the way the coach handles things, I think he'll handle it as a professional. I think they've got real worries about the other guy, about how, yeah. about what that does to the team um, if they make that move. But tell you what, if we see more of what we've seen lately, 
um, Rick Bonus is going to be forced into doing that. And it's one thing at the beginning of the season when you're trying to set the tone with a new coach for a new team, call guys out to you know maybe take some ice time away. I yeah. mean, this is it right now. There's nine games left in the regular season. The team's looking good for a playoff spot after these wins this week. And then once you get into the playoffs, I mean, it has to be all hands on deck. And yeah. um, this is honestly, I mean, we've talked about, la- even with last year, this is way more confounding, this situation right now with Mark. Because yeah. last year, the team wasn't going anywhere. The, the coaching change had happened. You weren't going to make the playoffs. And... Listen, I've almost got time. I didn't like it, but I can almost understand why some of the players were bent and why maybe he handled it the way that he did. I cannot believe what's happening right now. And this is a guy, regardless of whether he wants to get the hell out of the town at the first opportunity, he's got one year left on his contract. I mean, finishing a season on such a down note and well, that's an being interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, like, like that's not helping him we're, personally we're, for what's, well, we were, what's next for him. Well, we were having this conversation. It's interesting that you said, me and Jeff Hamilton, uh, when fake free press, we we're having this conversation at dinner uh, before the game on Tuesday. And it's like, who would want Mark Shifley right now? Like this league, you know, as many players as it has, is a very tight knit community. Um, word gets around quickly. Um, you don't really have to watch much. You know, so like if you're, like, first of all, who who's going to give Mark Streisley the fat seven-year contract right now? Um, and 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 is that a team? Because I think there always will be a team that does it, right? There, there's always a team that sees the numbers and doesn't care about the character or the, uh, you know, the, 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 the maybe the personal issues uh, and, and hopes that they can kind of rehabilitate that. But, you know, if Mark Sheffield wants to play for a contender for the rest of his career, if it's not in Winnipeg, and I, I don't think it's going to be here, um, you know, is it, you know, is Boston, is Boston going to, does Boston want Mark Shifley? I mean, do they think that they can handle him? And and what happens if they can't, right? Like, and this, this was what we were talking about. It's like, you know, if you're the Boston Bruins, right? Because I, you know, I, my example, was maybe Boston fit, right? Because they have a certain, um, you know, it, it's it's the 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 FIFO right fit in, or you know what the rest of it is. They they sort of have that what the Bombers have, uh, when it, and that's how they they work. I mean, you know, Tyler Sagan was not a part of that team anymore because he didn't fit into the mold. Blake Wheeler also not part of that team. Um, that might have been a different story because of you know they needed guys for for the playoff run there, so they got Rich Beverly and all that, but. I just don't know who's signing Mark Shifley to a big ticket long-term right now. If this is the way that you're going to show how you play and you're 29 going on 30, who's going to change Mark Shifley, the ways that he plays right now um, for the better? And are you it, willing it'll be to a team. invest? Listen, there, there, there's going to be, there's going to be a team that will have a spot for him. There's sure. going to be a team that'll take, a flyer on him, but I mean, somebody suggested that Shay's going to get ten million a year. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that I mean, that ain't happening. And that'd um, be a big, big mistake by a team who did that. I think I uh, I wouldn't yeah. shouldn't say mistake. It, it it's a massive risk. Well, you know what? I, I, all I can million. hope. All I can hope, and I mean, unfortunately, I haven't seen any evidence that this is going to happen. But, I mean, if he can, you know, score a couple goals tomorrow. By the way, he's got 38 on this season. I mean, I he hasn't done anything what, for the last that, little that while. Is that motivation, too, to hit 40? 
right for the first time in your career to to hit 40 to do all of those things and i mean that alone will give teams the opportunity to do it but i mean and unfortunately i mean if you are of my position that you know this is a player and i mean listen i was beating this drum last year i thought that was the time to do it because i thought they needed the change in the core and i thought the value of a player with his contract with two more years would like you know Mm -hmm. it's there's a lot of diminishing returns when you get closer to the end of the contract although as we see at the deadline every year teams are still willing to pay for offense and for scoring um but i mean i I, where i think shape goes and we're probably where he fits best in his next stop in the national hockey league assuming that there is one is not as a number one center i mean on a better team that will I mean, you're going into kind of like it. You're going into a room, you know, with that sort of culture and uh, very similar to Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall going into Boston, like before he was the guy in other spots and was much maligned. And, you know, he's not the guy anymore, but he's part of a great team and he's more of a secondary guy that is able to do a lot of those things. But you don't pay guys like that. $10 $10 million a year, no. and we've seen that before. Anyways, we spent a lot of time on this, but it, it is, it is to me, the number one issue right now with the That's Winnipeg Jets is yeah. how they can get the best out of Shife um, because this team's going nowhere if they, they don't have that. And yeah. he can do it. He's done it earlier this season, but it is just a funk right now that he's in. And listen, I probably wouldn't be as emphatic about what I'm saying if we didn't hear what we heard from Rick Bonus earlier this week, right. which was a five-alarm siren <laughs> to anyone that was listening that they've got an issue right now, and that was pretty much he was at the uh, at the end of the road. Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Suns with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We spent a lot of time talking about the forwards. Um but I did want to ask you about what you thought about the blue line last night. Um, Dylan DeMello, I thought, had a strong game. And of yeah. course, was part of that goal early Brendan on. Dillon. Josh Morrissey's yeah. Josh Morrissey. But Brendan Dillon and the much maligned Neil Pionk. I, I think yeah. Pionk still has his moments, unfortunately, and there will be chaos. Um, yeah, I thought there were some in that game last night, too. I, absolutely. But yeah. Absolutely. But I, thought, I mean, this this was yeah. not the clean sheet, as they say, to use right. a soccer term. <laughs> yeah. um, but listen, did get an assist. And I think that there is still confidence, at least from Rick Bonus, last minute left protecting a lead. They wanted Brendan Dillon out there, but Pionk was there as well. And I mean, he's another guy that they need to get um, the best that they can out of him right now, because like it or not, He's playing big minutes. He's in a role that is not going to be replaced by anyone else anytime soon. Yeah, and I, you know, I think Neil Pionk might be coming out of whatever he was dealing with earlier in the season. Um, you know, I, I, I had a pretty pretty good authority that he was he's been dealing with an injury of some sort. I, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season if if he uh, we find out that and maybe there's some corrective uh, procedure that needs to take place um, there. But I, I think he's he's gotten through the time of trying to manage whatever that is. And I think we've seen a little bit more of the Neil Pionk that we saw earlier in the year when it wasn't so chaotic. And, and, and to your point, it's not to say that we're not seeing that still, because there was a few times last night where I'm like, uh, yeah, we, you need to not do that. But, you know, like I think, but I think, you know, uh, he's stepped up a little bit knowing that he has to, um, I've really liked Brendan Dillon's game um, over the last little while. I thought Brendan Dillon has really stepped up into, um, you know, just a different role, right? Whether it's moving the puck, whether it's being physical, whether it's 
um, you know, setting up plays. Well, that uh, play you know, he made last night, right. I mean, that like, was but, phenomenal. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I think that Brennan Dillon has really taken, like, one of the things that I find with this team, because of this core has been together for a long time and most of them have only played on this team, I found that, that some of the guys that come in here can either go one of two years. Some Sometimes one of two ways. Sometimes they fall into a little bit of the trap of the team because that's just kind of the way that happens. Some of these guys recognize where they've been and, and how they've how other teams have played and, 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 and that sort of thing, and they've used and leaned on that experience. I think we've seen that with Paul Stasny. Um, I think you're seeing that right now with Nino Niederreiter, and I think right now you're really seeing that with Brennan Dillon. Like, I think Brennan Dillon um, knows that they need more than Josh Morrissey back there to step up and Dillon DeMello. They need more consistency down um, through the pairings, and, and I think Brennan Dillon has – really taken to that role. And I, I know Brendan Dillon is, you know, it's almost 50-50 when fans kind of look at his. But if you've met Brendan Dillon, if you've ever talked to him, um, you know the passions there. You know that the drive, the motivation, like that doesn't leave Brendan Dillon. Um, he, he's played on winning teams before. He's been deep in the playoffs with teams before. Um, th- this is a guy that knows what it's like to, to win, to be in a room, to know what a good – you know, room and, and to know what guys on the back end stepping up looks like. And, and I think he's really doing that right now. Like, I think he's really um, taking to the message from Rick Bonus and trying to be the leader for some of the guys on that back end because it's a bit of a rotating thing with some of these, with Capobianco or Sandberg or Stanley or whatever. Um, but I think he's also trying to help guys like, uh, you know, Josh Morrissey a little bit too. I mean, because Josh Morrissey fits into the mold where, you know, he's only really seen this team. So I think there's just a there's a level that Brendan Dillon could you know can always achieve. And I think he's there right now. And he's ramping himself up into a playoff kind of uh role. And I think I think that's encouraging to see. And I think it's helping Neil Pionk do the same. And um yeah, I, I think I, I'm really impressed with the way that Brendan Dillon has he's really been, kind of stepped up and so he's yeah. been good. And and listen, we uh saw Capo Bianco take that penalty and not see the ace again. I certainly expect Dylan Sandberg to probably get back into yeah. the lineup tomorrow night and it'll be interesting to see. He's really bounced back from his times in the press box very, very well for such a young player this year. And yeah. uh, he'll have an opportunity to do that against the by far the best team they're playing on this road trip tomorrow in LA. Scotty, have an awesome weekend, man. Thanks for doing this. Always love the chat. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me again. Good stuff. There is Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. All right. We do have marbles coming up. Got a little bit more from uh, the Jets last night, including Adam Lowry, which we will get to. Uh, Quick update from the World Women's Curling Championship. Tough loss earlier today for Canada. With a win, they would have uh, locked down second place, which would have meant a bye to the semifinals. Not so easy, though. Uh, they did drop it. They finished at 7-5 and five in the round robin, tied with the Japanese, tied with the Italians. The Swedes and Norwegians are both 7-4 and four right now. Um, so we'll see, in all likelihood, one of those teams will win and move into that second spot. Uh, so tomorrow, well, actually early in the morning, I think it'll be about 4 a.m. our time, we'll get to the semifinals. So wishing 
Carrie and the gang, good luck this weekend as they try to bring home a world championship back to Canada and back to Manitoba. Of course, our curling reports on Winnipeg Sports Talk, always brought to you by Princess Auto, great sponsor of the sport from coast to coast and especially right here in Manitoba. Princess Auto is also where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. A huge thanks to Culligan Water for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk over the last couple of years. Doing it family-owned for over 65 years in Winnipeg and Certainly the best in the biz when it comes to water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. They're down at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Pop by and see them in person. You can give them a call at 204-694-5180. And you can uh, always check out everything they can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, the weekend is here for all you Canadian club lovers of Canada, Canada's finest Canadian whiskey, and of course, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We've got good news. That CC and ginger that you love crushing at the Bomber Games, well, it is everywhere now, and it's also available in 473 milliliter single cans, available in liquor marts and beer vendors. If you don't see it at your local spot, ask for it. And hey, this weekend, today through Sunday, is the CC Classic 12-year flash sale. One weekend only, today until Sunday, regularly priced at $31.99, on sale for $24.29 all weekend long. Take advantage of those great savings of Canadian Club this weekend at Manitoba Liquor Marts. And if you're lucky, you might come across a bottle of the limited re-release of the CC Chronicles, 41-year-old, uh, less than 100 bottles remaining. It launched last weekend, very, very few around. So uh, if you need that to complete your collection, make sure to take, I think your best bet's probably the Grant Park Liquor Mart for that one. All right, let's head uh, back down to Southern California. Ken was there, of course, and uh, now we welcome in our main man, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Now we're going to get to uh, the big uh, NFL notebook as always, but... Uh, Lee, you catch any of the Jets and Ducks last night? Uh, bits and pieces, flipping channel channel flipping between NCAA basketball, UCLA basketball, Gonzaga. Pretty big thing here and caught a little bit about the Jets, you know, last second, last minute victory, big road win, any road win this late in the season with a traffic jam for the playoff hopes. Really, really important. Uh, Ducks, Kings, Ducks are in a massive rebuild. It's really been hard on the fans here. Uh, it just takes a lot of time. Uh, new management team obviously has has really struggled with the cap. Obviously, a ton of veteran players. They moved some. They couldn't move others. They're force feeding all their young players. And as critical as you might be of a team that's still in last place in the division, uh, you look at look at the Ducks situation, Hustler, and they're force feeding all their kids. I mean, Trevor Zegers at age 20, he's got 22 goals. And Mason McTavish at age 19, he's got 14 goals. Uh, they've got an awful lot of young guys here. They've kind of wrecked, unfortunately, the American Hockey League team in San Diego because they took all the kids up there. And it's obvious they're going to get a lottery pick, although I don't know that they're going to wind up getting Bedard. 
uh, in the deal. So it's been slow growth, painful growth. They're making progress. They think they st- they should stay with the coach, Dallas Aikens. In terms of the Kings, I don't know what the sentiment would be on the other end of the country. But I'll tell you what, if you're looking for an executive of the year, you might want to look at Rob Blake and what he's done in 24 months to fix what had really been a downtrodden L.A. Kings team. And every free agent acquisition that he's brought in here and what appeared to be a pricey contract, uh, Andrew, has turned out to be a pretty good player. You know, Kevin Fiala came from Minnesota. Uh, the year before that, Donol came from Montreal. My goodness, what a role he plays on this team. Uh, and they've, they've developed their own kids. I mean, it took him three or four years to get this kid out of the OHL. Gabe Velarde, he had chronic back issues. I didn't think he was going to make it to the NHL. And he's got 22 goals this season and, and really a step-forward season. Now that he's been fairly healthy and they've retooled the defense, uh, looking for partners around Drew Doughty. They've survived injuries. Uh, shocked of all shocks on the trade deadline that they dealt John Quick and who got traded twice in a span of 12 hours and kind of got broadsided, but he's in Las Vegas. He's going to be in the playoffs. So I don't know if anybody wants to vote for Rob Blake as, as executive of the year, but he's the, he and Luke Robitaille have done a superb job rebuilding this roster with a consortium of young guys who've developed and veterans have been put in here. And they're a pretty good team. I'm not going to say they're the 50-win Boston Bruins, but they got 40 wins this season. That's pretty impressive. Well, they've been great, and they've been one of the best teams in the league as of late. And, of course, they'll be hosting the Jets tomorrow afternoon. And you just mentioned quick, uh, Lee. I'll just mention this for the folks that um, probably were focusing on the Jets and didn't see what happened in, in uh, Calgary last night. But the Vegas Golden Knights got Logan Thompson, who had been their number one goaltender back. He aggravated the injury that I think that had kept him out with six minutes left in the game. And Jonathan Quick had to come in, ended up holding it down. Of course, Quick had given up seven to the Flames last week. Um, But I I can't help but think how juicy a Kings-Knights playoff series would be, Lee, with Kings legend Jonathan Quick in the net for their rivals, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, you you can't write a story like that. You think there'd be a little bit of angst huh. on the ice there? Uh, Quick Quick was really upset that he got traded to was it Washington or Nashville? I can't well, remember. Columbus, who was uh, dead Columbus last in the league. Yeah, he never got on the plane. The next thing you know, he's in Las Vegas and he's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, he's had a great career here. You know, there's a sentiment uh, that maybe they should erect a statue outside of the arena for Jonathan Quick, a la like they did for Wayne Gretzky and others. He's had a really nice career. Not the same player, though. He's he's had significant lower body injuries. And I don't know if it's quad, groin, but, I mean, he hasn't been right. And he's not just not the same goaltender. You know, you talk about goaltenders. Down the road in Anaheim, John Gibson has stood on his head in front of a really bad young Ducks team. He is looking at 37 shots a night. I think it's the worst number of any in the NHL this season. And Gibby's got a, a 902 save percentage, which is spectacular. But it, it, it's been painful when you see a club that's been good for a chunk of time, like the Ducks were, and they won the Stanley Cup, and they were in the finals and in the conference finals a bunch. When you see this thing have to go into transition, and the last man standing is the only star that's left in John Gibson. I, we had a game last year. He looked at 30 shots in one period. 30 shots in one period uh, and survived it. So. I'm hoping there's another better day come for the Ducks franchise and better day because Gibson deserves a little bit better than what's happened to him in front of him. 
in the last couple of years as yeah. they kind of go through this rebuild with Pat Verbeek. I know it is a great point. Well, let's get to the NFL notebook, Lee, and there's lots happening, as there always is, and this offseason has been wild. The one thing we haven't heard a lot about, or certainly there's been no um, c- conclusion to, is the Lamar Jackson saga with the Baltimore Ravens. What's the latest on the all-pro quarterback in Baltimore? Hustler, there is crossfire everywhere now with Lamar Jackson. Hey, uh, the Baltimore Ravens confirmed that they made their first contract offer to try to get an extension done with him in November of 2021. It is now March 2023. And he dug his heels in. He did not want to sign an extension at that point. He wanted to see where the quarterback market would go, and obviously it's rocketed. And then all of a sudden, the Deshaun Watson contract changed everything when he went to Cleveland on a five-year fully guaranteed package for $230 million. So now Lamar looks at that and says, I want that plus maybe a dollar more. Well, that, that's, that's begat a lot of controversy. Baltimore's owner Steve Bishotti yesterday sounded off, saying the Deshaun Watson guaranteed contract is not going to become the new norm for any quarterback in the National Football League. And immediately, now you got the head of the union getting into the firefight, he says, that's collusion. How can you do that to a star quarterback and say, you're not giving him a guarantee? Nobody else has negotiated any guarantee contracts for any quarterback. So end of the day, just because Cleveland did something stupid doesn't mean everybody else has to do something stupid. But I understand every agent is asking for a dollar above than a fully guaranteed like the Watson contract. What's complicated, uh, Lamar Jackson, Andrew, is that he's his own agent. He does not have legal representation. And that's become an issue. Now the story breaks this week, which has really upset people around the league. And one of the clubs went to the league office and said, he's got friends of his marketing people, making calls on his behalf to see if we're interested. He can't do that. You can't have a non-certified lawyer, not certified by the union, represent you. So suddenly a club, I don't know if it was Indianapolis, but it might have been, went to the league office and said, What's he doing? So now the league puts out a memo. Nobody's allowed to talk to anybody in the Lamar Jackson camp unless it's the quarterback himself. And, you know, when you get into negotiations, Andrew, you and I are negotiating your next contract, and I'm king, so I'm the boss. (laughs) But you don't have an agent, right? I'm going to start to tell you things I don't like about you despite the fact you're a star. Well, that's going to really upset the quarterback. When you have an agent, he's in the middle of this. He's the buffer. He takes all the flack. And whether he relates that to you as a client, that's another issue. So now, not, you know, Baltimore wants us to get this guy signed. He refuses to sign. Baltimore's private stance is we love him. We had to restructure our offense to fit what he does best. We don't think that works anywhere else. By the way, he's hurt. He's missed 14 games in the last year and a half. But you can't say that to him across the negotiating table because then you wreck the relationship completely across the board. For the quarterbacks, 43 and 15. It's a long answer. End of the day, this is very complicated. He's going to have to sign somewhere. I would assume it'd be Baltimore. And what I was told, Ravens are willing to go two years guaranteed. Third year, their option, if they want to guarantee it a third year. But they're not going five because of the injury factor. Yeah, it is. Um, it's one of the most bizarre situations regarding a star player. And, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, the lack of an agent, I think, has you know, taking this into a number of different directions. The bottom line is, though, I mean, the Ravens are sitting around, I think, just trying to be patient on this. 
Um, but there are other teams that you would think would assumingly be in on Lamar that that, that aren't, but also the compensation is a big, uh, big factor. The other quarterback we've been talking about and figured that this would be done right now is Aaron Rodgers. Why is he not a New York Jet? And and there was a trade this week. Elijah Moore going to the Cleveland Browns for a second rounder. I kind of thought that that might be a precursor to a deal getting done, but um, not yet so far. What are you hearing, Hack? Well, I'll, I'll just walk you through it. The history is Green Bay decided to rid themselves of Aaron Rodgers. They went to the Jets and asked for a one. New York said, no, we're not going to trade a number one for a 38-year-old quarterback. Green Bay came back and said, think about a number two. The Jets thought about it. Then Green Bay called back and said, if he's going to play more than one year, we want two number twos. Well, excuse me. Number twos are almost the gold standard of what a number one is. You can get a really good player in the second round. I'm not trading two number twos to get Aaron Rodgers, who might or might not play in 23, 24, 25. So it's kind of stalled there, but you're you're correct if you're connecting dots. So they trade Elijah Moore, goes to Cleveland to get another pick. So they got two number twos this year. Maybe they take one of them this year and one next year and say, okay, we're done. What has to happen, though, is Green Bay is paralyzed because of the cap hit they're going to take. They can't do anything in free agency. Can't sign me, can't sign you, can't sign anybody. They're just paralyzed because they're going to take a $40 million cap hit until Aaron Rodgers restructures down the contract that's got a value of $58 million in Green Bay. That's got to be restructured by the Jets. So this thing is stalled. I would have thought by the draft, while well, the draft is a month from now, it probably will get resolved. But he's leaving on as bad terms as Brett Favre left. Everybody I know is just tired of the Green Bay storyline with Aaron Rodgers. And he's a great player, but, boy, he is self-serving. That's for certain, Mr. Me, Myself, and I. Hey, one more uh, before uh, before we got to run, Lee, and um, this is a, an off-field thing, but the saga of Daniel Snyder and uh, the Washington now Commanders has been going on for a while. It seems like most of the NFL owners want him out. Um, tell us about him leaving Redskins Park. I mean, uh, how does is this close to getting um, rectified, including a sale of the team? Last week, I was told that the NFL was going to put Daniel Snyder on the owner's agenda at the meetings coming up here in Phoenix, their annual meetings. Uh, the, the national reporters are indicating it's not on the agenda yet, but that does not mean it can't be discussed. Uh, I'm led to believe that the owners are going to tell him that they want him to sell the franchise. I don't know if it would come to a vote to actually eject him from the NFL, but the latest junk you know, you know, when the wife tells you to clean out the closet and you go on the upper shelves and start to move things and things fall off the shelf, every time you move something on Daniel Snyder's shelf, something else falls off the top. You say, oh, geez, I didn't know about that. You know, not only we have the toxic workplace investigations, the two of those that are going on, not only did we find out about the $1.6 million sexual assault payoff that he was involved in, and we think the Donald Trump hush money thing is a big story, now, on top of this, we find out he got a $55 million loan without notifying the NFL. And when he got the loan, he awarded himself $10 million per year salary out of the loan. And he billed the club $4.5 million to put the team logo on his private plane, put that money in his bank account. There is so much junk going on with this guy who's wrecked the franchise. The NFL is so angered behind closed doors. They want him removed. He's going to make a mega profit. Ain't America great? Somebody could be this bad as an entrepreneur and get a $6.2 billion payday for the Commander Redskins franchise. He's going to walk away with all this money, but there's, there's such havoc. It's so bad that the NFL last week 
made contact with the District of Columbia, which is desperately trying to come up with land to build a stadium for the commanders, made contact and threw their support behind the D.C., the district, to try to get RFK Stadium access. But district refuses to negotiate with Snyder. Virginia and Maryland refuse to negotiate with Snyder. The minute a new owner comes on board, whether that's Jeff Bezos or somebody else, there will be negotiations for a new stadium and they'll fix the franchise. But ain't America great? Somebody could be this bad a person, this bad an entrepreneur and get $6.2 billion going out the door. Jeez. Yeah, they just want to get rid of him. Uh, Lee, this has been awesome. Uh, fill people in on uh, what is at the website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com this weekend, and uh, maybe the latest with the podcast on the YouTube channel. Well, if you look over your shoulder, I might be catching up to you in terms of subscribers. My podcast is blowing up. That's I don't know right. what the hell I'm doing. It's just blowing up. And we got the, the written website every day, which is going pretty well. If you like sports, subscribe to it, register it, agree or disagree, it does not matter. And by the way, by the way, do I get bonus points for today's show? Yeah, yes, you do, Hacksaw. You know what? You're getting a marble in the marble race right away. And that would be, you know, it's good karma, Hacksaw with the Jets hoodie. We appreciate that support. We've needed it lately, but um, nice win last night. Hopefully that can give some good vibes to the visitors going into crypto tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Go Jets. Hey, listen, I'm going to be on holiday next week, so I'll see you uh, two weeks from today. And by then, we'll be moving towards the draft, and we'll have the owners' meetings. There'll be a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Have a great uh, have a great trip, uh, Lee. Thanks so much. There he is, the legend himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. And uh, make sure you're subscribing to Hacksaw's YouTube channel and check out all the content that uh, he is bringing out. All right. I do believe... The marble race entries are open. All right, so folks, you know what to do. Or if you don't, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button first and foremost so you're eligible to win. And then put in exclamation mark marbles in the chat. And in a few minutes, we will fire up another marble race. And uh, we've uh, we've got an order in. We're going to get some new hoodies coming up. Shout out to Shipman Associates for helping us out with that. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to dropping the marbles. But... Uh, Couple of things I want to get to right now. Uh, World Golf Championship or the uh, WGC match play is going on. My favorite tournament, certainly sort of from a uh, a bit of a betting perspective. Uh, lots of great wagering options. We're keeping an eye on what's happening with Corey Connors. He's four up through six. He's you know, boat racing his opponent. What's interesting though is that. He needs Sepp Straka, who's 0-2, to step up and somehow beat Cameron Young. Not happening, though. Uh, Young, three up right now. If he wins, he will win Group 15 and move on to the final 16. Uh, and, Remo, uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Um, folks in chat, let me know if you did. Rory McIlroy's drive on the 18th hole yesterday, a par four. He flew it. 349 yards to the green and ended up three, four feet away for Eagle to win his match. One of the greatest shots I have ever seen. I was watching it live, sweating out a little parley over a cool bat at the time. Um, honest to God, I still can't believe what we saw. And it has been everywhere on the internet ever since about six o'clock last night, Reem. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like that time Happy Gilmore had a pulling one on a par four. <laughs> Um, hey, there is some good news. I'm just noticing this right now. Mac Hughes, the Canadian, pounding Taylor Montgomery six and four. 
they are both going to finish at two and one, which means that there will be a playoff and Mac will need to win in sudden death against the guy that he just beat pretty handily. Um, and wouldn't that be something if Mackenzie Hughes, who came in as 50th out of 64 players, and gets a spot in it? Um, Rory McIlroy looking good, though. He is up to nothing. Uh, he's up three up right now. He probably should get through his group. Um, and Jason Day also through. He uh, thoroughly beat Colin Morikawa today. And Day has been playing some great, great golf right now. Patrick Cantlay also undefeated through the round. He's uh, going to make uh, make that happen as well. All on Golf Channel right now. You can check that out. And again, we mentioned the curling uh, a little earlier. Um, early morning will be the semifinals. Still waiting to see who Kerry Anderson and Team Canada will be playing. Um, as everyone enters for the marble race, uh, don't forget, gang, next Wednesday is Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug down on William Avenue in the Exchange. If you were there for our first event at the end of summer, hopefully we'll see you again. And if you missed it, gang, make sure to snag a ticket because seating is limited for the event and join us coming up on Wednesday night. I will be spending the rest of the weekend finishing curating the extensive list of sports trivia questions, many focusing in on our local teams. We'll do some jet stuff. We'll also have general trivia and maybe a couple special categories as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. We had so much fun the first time. Join us right now. The easiest thing to do, and if you're listening on the pod or live with us on YouTube, just go to winnipegsportstalk.com. Right at the top, you'll see the link for Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug. The Eventbrite list is there. Grab a couple tickets. Grab your crew. Study up. Polish your brain. Get ready for max intellectual sports trivia performance and we'll see if we can bust your brains on Saturday night. There's the uh, there's the 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 uh, landing page right there for the WST Sports Trivia Night. So next Wednesday, mark it down. See you there. Uh, should be a great WST get together for the game for the uh, the trivia night um, in between Winnipeg Jets games. Um, all right, remote. Now while you get everything ready for. The Marble Race uh, did want to hit a couple of these Adam Lowry clips last night. He spoke after the game and um, was such a big, big part of the win uh, and really a part of the Winnipeg Jets' success this week. Three goals in the three games that the Jets have won, and he's had the winning goal in the last two games. Um, and he also hit a career milestone of 200 points. Um, Lowry talked about that last night after the Jets' win at the Duck Pond. Well, yeah, it probably took a little longer than I would have hoped, but um, yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty grateful to, you know, been in the league long enough to achieve that milestone, I guess, uh, and for it to come in a win and you know, a couple important points for us. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I think, you know, for us to find that consistency, I thought we played another really good game. So, um, yeah, yeah, pretty happy about it. All right, so there's uh, Adam Lowry on a bit of a milestone. I mean, more important than the 200 career points was the win, uh, but also the great performance from his line along with Vlad Nemetsnikov and Mason Appleton. Here's Lowry on their line last night against the Ducks. Um, yeah, I think Appy and Vladdy were so good on the forecheck. Appy used his speed and Vladdy is smarts and 
you know, I, I think that's kind of where we were able to, you know, generate some of our chances, generate some of our zone time, and um, you know, the first goal, Smokey makes a good play coming out of the zone, and you know, Happy kind of beats his guy to the net, and you know, hangs around and is able to tap it in, and even on, you know. The winner there, he, he makes a great entry. And, you know, kind of with our speed, um, we're able to turn over the puck, create some chances, and then you know ultimately kind of find the back of the net. So uh, it's nice to kind of contribute, get a little secondary scoring, and you know, hopefully our line can continue to contribute. Oh, they were a huge part of that win last night in Anaheim, and I imagine Bones will be leaning on Lowry and his line maybe even more tomorrow against the Los Angeles Kings. One more clip, though. It is from the head coach, Rick Bonus, who talked about the performance at number 17 and his big goal last night. He went a long time without a goal, and now he's jumping in. But he's listen. He's he's a big reason of where we are. Uh, even when he wasn't scoring, huge part of the penalty kill. He's done a great job all year against the top opposition's top line. So he was doing a lot of great things to help us win. That we noticed that maybe other people don't notice because it's not on a stats sheet. But uh, so it's nice to see him contribute with a couple of huge goals. All right, there's a little bit more from a post game last night. Jets on the practice ice right now. And um, Reem, this is an interesting tweet from Murat. I don't know if you want to pull it up, but Murat is at practice in El Segundo. And the lines are as they are yesterday. Now, I'm not sure whether this is somewhat of an editorial, which I would absolutely agree with in the ordering of the Winnipeg Jets lines or whether there's something in practice indicating the hierarchy of the lines. But Connor Dubois-Niederreiter is that top line. The second line listed is Nemetsnikov, Lowry, and Appleton. Third line, Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler. Fourth line, Baron, Stenlin, Menelainen. And to be honest, I'm not sure how you could label them any other way after watching the game last night. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if it is a... Uh... Is an editorial that Murat's doing that, or there was something that you could see, but uh, you, certainly by the way they played last night, uh, Lowry, Nemestikov, Appleton getting rewarded on Murat's lines there, number two, and they were great, and he does add in the fifth line was Axel, Gus, and Carson Kuhlman, and he has some other intermission posts as well. Uh, the, the King's practice facility in El Segundo, it's near the airport, as once stranded in L.A., after my flight got delayed, and they put me up in the Hilton, and my dad looked up. He's like, hey, you can go to the Kings practice facility. And we didn't have an NHL team here at the time. I was like, yeah, I checked it. I saw, like, Kopitar and Ryan Smith practice. Uh, who was on the team? Dustin Brown, probably. Uh, that was a fun time for me. Uh, you know, the, the days where you travel to a city that had an a NHL team, well, there was no NHL hockey here. Uh, anyways. Who was it? Uh, Alex Howe mentioning Ken Weeb had Shifley's line above Lowry's in his tweet, so... Um, all I'll say is this Ooh, dueling tweets. I fully agree with Marat's assessment of the lines, um, at least as they were last night. Um, and as I say, hopefully we see, oh. um, that line with Here's... Ehlers and Wheeler with Mark Shifley in the middle, um, be a little bit more impactful uh, tomorrow. Here's loud. Here's Weeb's tweet where he's got Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, number two. So. Who's got the more accurate lines? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, put it this way, pretty clear, though, what the number one line is, and it is Pierre-Luc Dubois with Kyle Connor. Connor looked like a, uh, well, looked like a very, very engaged oh. and motivated player, 
And he got smoked earlier in the game by Silverberg, Remo. I don't know if you remember that. And, you know, he bounced back very well from that. You know, continued taking it to the net and then was finally finally rewarded with a goal after um, going such a long time for Kyle Connor without one. And, um, listen, I think he's got a lot of jump, but I think he's probably very pleased to be back with Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, and Nito Niederreiter, who I think are great, great um, line mates for Kyle Connor, and I think we all knew it just hadn't been happening for that group before. All right, last call for Marbles, everyone. If you just jumped in, hit us up in the in the uh, make sure you're subscribed and put in exclamation mark Marbles. Uh, we'll uh, run this out in a minute. As I said, uh, gave you the plug for Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia at Little Brown Jug. Make sure to uh, get that done, and we'll see you there on Wednesday. And when we're there, we're going to be able to get to try the new generic lager. It's your basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way, light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with the light beer. I'm trying that generic lager this weekend, maybe even this afternoon. And I have a feeling we'll uh, have a few of those as well at the Brewery and Tap Room on Wednesday night when we see you all there for Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night. Get your tickets now and make sure we don't fill up before you're able to get them on. And hey, just before we get to the marbles as well, <clears throat> got to give a big thanks to the Nick and Nicky DQ group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're just about through this miserable winter. The snow is going to be melting. And uh, we'll be back at Nick and Nicky DQ's enjoying those amazing blizzard treats and so much more. Uh, I'm a personal sucker for their stack burgers. They are, are amazing, but we all know that the ice cream is the main event at the Nick and Nicky DQs, and they can also make you a hell of a great ice cream or blizzard cake for a party or an event. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll custom make it for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, Remo, we got uh, some marbles to do before the weekend is officially underway. Yeah. How many people we got in here? We got someone requested to have um, that's what, or that's what we're dealing with as a marble in, in quotes. <laughs> that's what someone, someone requested. So uh, well, I'll see how many entries we have actually. Maybe maybe we should give Shifley a marble, and maybe maybe with a strong performance in the marble race, this could be something that might add a little bit of spark, some confidence to the Jet Center because God knows the team needs him. You know, I think that's a good plan. So I I would happily add him in, and maybe he wins and gives some some good luck. I'm just gonna close all my tabs here just to make sure I got like yeah. 40 tabs. Including this uh, this LBJ generic locker. I actually went to the vendor yesterday. I picked up the summer summer fun pack. What's it called? The uh, summer mixer? No, no, no. Good times variety. Good times pack? variety. I'm mixing up uh, companies. Uh, the good times. Yeah, it was a new kind. They had all these new beers, so I'm excited to to try them out. Different than the original one that I had. So they got a lot of different beers, and I'm looking forward to having them on Wednesday at the uh, big trivia. Yeah, that is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, whether you get the questions right or wrong, the beer will be amazing. That much we can guarantee. Yeah, I think, and I think people, I see people in chat saying, yeah, I don't know trivia. I was like, yeah, you know, it's there for the fun. And, you know, you know, 
hang out oh, it's and just a answer great get together man. yeah yeah it's a, it, a listen i mean i'm sure there's some people in the chat that can uh that can comment on the first one how much fun we had uh and uh and listen you know even if you don't know everything you'll learn a lot you'll learn a lot of sports trivia for the questions that you don't get um so anyways hopefully we'll see you out there it will be a heck of a good time if it's anything like the first one and uh as i say a lot of hard work happening when it comes to cranking out the questions this week but uh, we'll be locked and loaded and ready for wednesday night uh all right rima well I think we need to hear a little Tristan Rivers music before uh, it's time to drop the marbles on this beautiful Friday oh, afternoon. Oh, do we do cool bet? I was going to start getting it ready during during that. Oh, okay, portion. yeah. You know what? Sure. Here, let me let me hit the cool bet lines right it. now. I close the entries, and I'll um, do it. Perfect. You can do that, and I will head over to the cool bet lines. Only three games in the National Hockey League tonight. Uh, we do have a new Lock Shop episode, by the way. Uh, head on over at Lock Shop Bets on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We're getting closer to a thousand subscribers when we're going to give away that thousand bucks to one lucky subscriber. Uh, but three games tonight: Devils and Sabers in Buffalo, Jersey, best road team in the league. They're minus one ninety-five. The Islanders and Blue Jackets playing in Columbus. Islanders after that offensive explosion against the Leafs. Just looking to get two points against CBJ tonight. Islanders minus 228 faves. And the Avalanche monster favorites against the Arizona Coyotes. Minus 417 at home. And the puck line is two and a half. I actually will give you a little uh, little um, lock shot plug here. Um, I did do a two-gamer tonight and stayed away from the actual result of the game and went to the totals. Um, the over-under in the Devils-Buffalo game is seven took it to six and a half and took the over on that at minus 147 and then adjusted the Islanders blue jackets number up to six and a half and took the under on that at minus 125 put those together at plus 202 nice little parlay um but I'll tell you what I'm really waiting for to see what happens this afternoon with this um match play and uh, the uh, remainder of the matches that are out on, we'll see any group playoffs at the end. And then tomorrow, this is shaping up maybe to the best final 16 ever in this event. And hopefully it'll be so good they keep it on the schedule somehow for next year. Uh, but we're seeing the likes of Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, um, hopefully Tony Finau if he takes care of business, but he's losing. I think he's going to have to do it in a playoff as well. Um, and jo John Rahm in the mix right now, but he's actually down right now to Billy Horschel, uh, one down right now. And it was at all be there. Sam Burns is also going to be playing on the weekend. JT Poston, Scotty Scheffler, no surprise there. Um, and it's very interesting. JJ Spawn can win it, uh, even with a tie in his matchup right now. He's one up through 16. I'm pulling for Min Woo Lee to pull out a miracle right here. Xander Shoffley as well is 2-0, but he is down one to a Hollywood Hoagie, um, although the other match is tied right now. So we should see Xander. Lucas Herbert's going to be there on the weekend. Tony Finau is going to probably have to play in a playoff against Kurt Kitayama as he's four down right now. Uh, Andrew Putnam looks like he'll be making it through. So, uh, anyways, that'll all be there at Cool Bet. The uh, playoff odds for the World Women's Curling will be there a little later on as well. It's all there. And then a big, big day of hockey tomorrow, including the Jets and Kings. Use the promo code WST 
when you're making your first deposit. If you haven't already, hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit over at CoolBet. All right, Remo. Marbles time here on WST. Is uh, Tristan ready to uh, welcome everyone in to the feature? Yeah, he's ready. Oh, I got to do an... I thought I did this update before. I guess it didn't install. Anyways, what other marbles? I have in Mark Shifley's getting one. Yeah, Adam I, Lowry for his 200th point for okay. sure. Adam Lowry, he's in. Um, you know, uh, Hacksaw, we told Hacksaw that he'd be Hacksaw. getting one. You know, we had a great segment earlier this weekend. It is on our channel separately with Frank Corrado. I, I will give one to Frank, and if you missed that yep. conversation, uh, check our channel under videos or his Wednesdays. Wednesday show. Big big fan of Frank here. Yeah, and you know what? Let's give one to Billick, too. He had those great questions and gave us those great quotes from Bones sure. earlier this week. Um, so, yeah, Bill and Billick obviously joined us today as well. So, Billick definitely gets a uh, gets a marble. Um, oh, oh, Kabilis, I'm with you. Shoei Otani. Otani gets a marble for striking out Mike Trout to win... Uh, to win the World uh, Baseball Classic, yeah. which uh, seems like it was a long time ago. That was actually, you'd say, it this week. But what a uh, what a way to finish the and get ready for uh, for baseball season. I'm actually all fired up. I just realized what I'm going to be out doing the show from the Princess Auto Players Championship in Toronto in a few weeks. Baseball season is going to be on, and the Jays are playing every night that I am there. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting a little baseball content as we get into April. But, of course, the focus at that point is going to be on the end of the regular season and uh, getting ready to fire it up on the Stanley Cup playoffs the following week. Um, all right, let's hear a little Tristan Rivers music and then drop some marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk on a Friday. It's Friday. Another week of words gone by. You deserve to treat yourself, maybe an ice cream cake or a fire. Oh, there we go. Another classic Tristan Rivers version of the Marbles theme song here on WST. We will have a hoodie. Uh, as I said, our order is probably going to come in in a week or two. So uh, hang tight if you are a winner and anyone that won in the last couple of weeks. Just uh, chill. We'll, when we get them out, we'll uh, have a pickup spot for uh, for everyone that's won over the last couple of weeks. But right now, Remo, uh, let's uh, let's get into this. So uh, we got to figure out where we're going and make sure we've got the right list of uh, list of yeah. names for today's that's, race. That's been part of the challenge, making sure we have the right list of names. I don't think I saved this current list, so that would probably help in getting. This is the right your reminder. List. This is your reminder. So I'll save it. Right list of names, Mark. Going for. 
Oh, Julian Labossier with a great little tip right now. Rutger McGrory and Michigan on tonight. And Lambert and the Seattle T-Birds at 9 o'clock, both on TSN+. Great stuff from Julian. Yeah, I'm He's gonna, uh, one of our one of my favorite chatters, actually. Yeah, Always big, with some great stuff. Big fan of Julian and Chet. He's got pretty knowledgeable takes and has called, but he did call me out before for uh, a mistake that I. Anyways, excellent. I, I'll you're say this: more, you're more in my good books for that, Julian. Thank yeah. you. I, I'll say this: uh, TSN Plus. When they announced it, I was like, "Don't we already have this?" But it's on the app, and I have a Fire Stick, and I have TSN Plus, and they have all these extra games. Like I was watching. Um, xfl on there i guess you know they have five channels apparently not enough you know for games so they put uh i guess they have rights to all these other games like record mcgordy on michigan and uh what was the other one? Oh, yeah, brad lambert on whl so uh so you got to get the tsn app i don't know the apple tv or it wasn't available on all of the things before but i'm i'm a fire stick guy they're pretty cheap so i would recommend that as the way you watch the tsn plus Right on. And, All right. What do we got? Two fifteen in here today? Uh, yeah, we got two fifteen in. Yeah, and XX Revolution says TSN Plus used to be TSN Go, something like that. Who knows? Who can keep track with all these streaming services? Oh, okay, how about sixty nine? The bracket. I don't know if we've ever done this one before. That's new. The bracket would be perfect because, of course, we've got March Madness tonight. Anyone got some picks for these games? Let me know in the chat. No, this one sucks. What is this one? I don't know. This yeah. looks this looks stupid. It just looks like one of those like indie car races. Yeah, it looks like a NASCAR track. Yeah, no, just a wait. circle. No, we need a better one. Uh, yes, confirm. We're going back to the main menu, and uh, what else do we? What else do we have here? Let's find a find another track. We could go to um, <clears throat> what was the slippery slope? That was one of the ones that, that was, was actually yeah, such that... a good one. And you know what? The winter's just about end. This might be the last slippery slope of the year if uh, if we want to do that one. Yeah, MC Stormy uh, is calling right there. It out. Slippery slopes forty one. Oh, thank you. I can't read. And it's a long one too. So people like this, this one. Yeah, this will be excellent. Um, all right, so we've got a WST hoodie in a week or two for whoever wins. Uh, this is one of the best tracks that we have, one of the longest ones. So buckle up, everybody. 215 players in chat today. Let's do it. Into the weekend. Good vibes only for the Jets and Kings tomorrow. And marbles on WST. Drop them, Reem. All right. I, I like the Plinko starts. Oh, our guy Mike Lay with a nice start. Mike Lay. What's going on, Mike? Great start for Mike. Now, this is probably a very tough, tough uh, track to go wire to wire. But we'll see whether Mike can uh, Mike can do that. Okay. I wasn't sure if I put in the right one, but I do see that's what we're dealing with near the, okay. ba- near the end. <laughs> near, that's near the back third. What do you mean you're not sure? You, we, we literally talked about it, and you said, oh, I've saved it. I got bad yet. short-term memory. Yes. I don't know. I do things, <laughs> and you know, you forget about it two seconds later. There's a lot it, going on. You know what? Your memory's gotten a lot better since the 1290 days, I will tell you that. I'm not sure what's happened. Maybe you did some some extra courses or something to get Working the short-term at home. memory back. I'm in a good mood all the time. <laughs> 
Anyway. You got a major roadblock here. What's going on? I don't, All right, I don't know. Slippery slopes have gone, but this is anybody's race right now. There's like about 200 marbles all stuck up there. Here we go. Can you see who's in first place? I, I'm too pixelated on my uh, on my feed here. Sorry, I'm too busy laughing, thinking of 200 marbles all stuck up there. Um, <laughs> Superior CD looks like he's in first place. Oh, yeah. Superior CD. Who's yeah. that still up there? John Pauls, Jeff Bowes, Dan Milburn, Rob Pepper, Peyton Wilding in the mix as well. Tennis City. Free Oleg looking pretty good. Yeah, John Pauls, Keith Bartell looking <laughs> looking good. He Wells in there? It's, we're not really sure, but they're going to go to the skis, and it's going to yeah. be the chaos. The good thing is it looks way better on the actual YouTube broadcast than it does <clears throat> inside the control room. Because, and I'm not sure whether this is the, the course that we've had. Usually I can have a pretty good idea about who the marbles are. Not so much here. All right, okay, here we are. On to the skis. This is one of the uh, most unique parts of the slippery slopes. Oh, we've got a few eliminations. WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin out. Winnipeg Walter out. Ooh, Jeff Bowes just took a, took a spill as well. Oh, it is raining, raining marbles right now. There. <laughs> oh, man. Who is still alive? Who is in first? Who will be there? Because that was, um, that was like four Royal Rumbles at once. All right. Who's made it through right now? This is going to be tight. This is going to be tight. This is why we love the slippery slopes. You're getting close. Who's this? Joe? Joe DeArnay. Joe DeArnay in first place. Rob Pepper right there as well. Who is it going to be? Rob Pepper and Joe, a little crossing of the pass right now. It looks like, could this be Joe? Is it going to be Joe? Into. Oh, he missed it. No. Oh. Oh, Joe DeHarnay, pour one out for Joe tonight, folks. That might be one of the most crushing near victories in WST history. Uh, I thought he was going to get there. I was about to say, wouldn't it be funny if someone like didn't make it on that part and he fell short of the finish? Oh, God, that is... Uh... That is absolutely an all-timer. Smoley gets the win. There's our boy. Shout out to Rob Kane. Rob, tending bar downtown. A couple Fridays ago, we popped by to see Rob after the, uh, after the show. Quite a scene down at his spot. But yes, Smoley, congratulations. Although the takeaway from this, we'll always remember Joe and Joe's near victory. That is the all-time Marvel's heartbreaker, I think. Um, Smoley is the winner. Rob Kane in second. Schickster third. Yakman fourth. Peyton Wilding with a strong top five finish. Hacksaw at six. Yeah. You know what? He wore the Jets hoodie, and uh, he got it done.
D Chalice at seven. What up, Darren? Jay Miller, Rob Pepper, and Ten a City in tenth place. Very apparently. What a uh, what a race. What a race it was. Smoley, send us an email, Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com. And uh, as I say, we'll have those hoodies in a couple weeks from uh, our friends over at Ship'em, and uh, we'll get you all set up. Uh, let's uh, just quickly head down the um, down the list so everyone can see. For any of you that have side bets with friends of yours on a weekly basis, shout out Sean and Ross. And um, yeah, get out, watch a little of the rest of this golf, and uh, get ready for a little March Madness tonight. Have you been paying attention to the hoop stream? Yeah, I was watching UCLA yesterday because I had them in my bracket. I didn't feel I I, uh, I had in my bracket pool and they lost, and it seemed like um, they were going to lose really you know bad in that second half where they had that huge stretch without scoring, and then they made it close and and lost. So yeah, my bracket's busted. I didn't have Baylor or Arizona going far, and I had two of my four yesterday: Tennessee getting knocked out and UCLA. So I actually have been watching. I've been enjoying the ball and. This is the good time of year, Hus, where you want to have multiple multiple TVs. And I do retweet all multiple TV setups that are uh, that are tweeted yeah. at me. Um, so I'm in front. I had on the Jets and the Flames game and, and basketball last night. So I know baseball starting up soon and we'll have hockey and other stuff. So it is a good time of year. Well, and I'm going to give a shout-out to our friends over at Wind City Pub because, uh, you know, the best bars – you got to have the center ice package. We went there a little earlier. We saw some of the Nashville-Seattle game. We watched the first hour of Calgary and Vegas. And then we got the uh, the Jet game on. We got a chance to keep an eye on Calgary throughout. So all in all, great night last night out. And that should be a great weekend. Don't forget, tomorrow's game is at afternoon or 3 p.m. Central time with a 1 o'clock L.A. start. Jets practicing right now. Uh, Marat and Ken are there. Um, you can follow their Twitter feeds and both Sportsnet and The Athletic for the latest on Jets practice heading into tomorrow's game. And uh, we'll be back on Monday to uh, discuss tomorrow's game and get ready for the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday for the Winnipeg Jets. World Curling Championships. Hopefully we'll be talking about a great run on the weekend for Carrie Anderson and her team. World uh, Golf Championships. March Madness. And, and oh, by the way, Rima, we figured this out today when we were doing Lock Shop. There's an XFL Monday Nighter coming up next week. So maybe that will be a reason why I'll need to make sure I get that TSN+. Plus. Anyways, gang, thanks so much for being with us. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit the thumbs up. Great to see we're over 200. Appreciate the support. And tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk this weekend and make a point of joining us Wednesday for Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day and all of you for making us a part of yours. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.